0: all building the history of our world with every single session literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you around the table Sega, Sega. your Sega do 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 was in the title screen, what were you doing? The invincibility music. No, that's the intro to adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's also the invincibility theme. Yes. Do you know who had a good theme in that first game? Eggman. The boss music is wicked in that. I actually like a lot of the music in the first couple of Sonics. Well, the first two Sonics were, uh, the music was by Masato Nakamura, who was a famous Japanese, famous in Japan, Japanese rock star for a band called Dreams Come True. (laughs) yeah so and i've actually got the um the demo tapes for that music because they released it on cd So, yeah, you get, like, the the, the betas he made on keyboard, and then they had to digitize them for the Mega Drive. But hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Podcast, The Musical, with myself, Roy Justin, from Cyberpunk Studios, and with me there is Jamie Evans from Impala Films. I want to do a musical episode. Well, there's no musical video game shows, weirdly. What a great time to kill Paul Anderson! Do, 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 do. I mean, we should, I think you might have to write that one yourself because I don't think anyone else is going to make it. My name is Uwe Ball. I make terrible films. Oh yeah, yeah, terrible films, terrible films, terrible movies. You're getting, you're getting into it. What yeah. else could we do? Let's see. Um, uh, we could do. We could hire some cutesy Japanese girls to sing a song about Sega Hard Girls. Yes, and how much they love Sega Saturn, and, and also talk about spillage. A spillage, yeah. Spillage, of course, we need yeah. to mention but spillage. But no actual spillage because they're only young girls, okay? So no well, actual spillage. I, was, I wasn't. I did say just to sing about spillage, but sure. <laughs> <It's>, for <laughs> just anyone who, clear. Just yeah, want to be clear. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, go back to our Sega Hard Girls episode or, or any time we've mentioned spillage since. Uh, essentially, in Sega Hard Girls, the girls refer to spillage, uh, meaning uh, when a woman's breasts are exposed. Mm. Uh, it's the most disgusting term I've ever heard for. Like. I like breasts. I think they're sexy things. But spillage is not what I would... Call them. No. No, Um, it's a very strange term. But yeah, we could totally do this. There's loads of... And then, of course, the epic finale of the song, of the musical, would be a a, a rap battle with you and me rapping over cats versus dogs. (laughs) Alright. Well we could make it Echidnas versus Hedgehogs. We can even throw so you then an, in Sonic throw and you, Knuckles. can even throw you an EDM track in if you want. Yes. And whatever the name of the film They'll is called. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat We have to come up with a really cool name for the film, but then at the end we have to add Ann Knuckles. Fair enough. Whatever What doesn't matter what the name is. <laughs> <laughs> to raise enough budget to get actual intracelba. Yes. Yes, but ha- just just do what I wanted paint from him, him in the red. films. Just paint him red and give him big gloves. I saw a, I saw a new trailer for Sonic 2. <laughs> yes. That I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, um, they've been revealing quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, this gives away, like, loads of the plot. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. Um, <laughs> Someone's like, it gives away loads of the plot. Uh, and then I shan't watch I've that. got to admit, I won't go into any spoilers, but I was feeling quite positive about this film until I saw the new trailer. I, I would not go by the trailer. I understand... That it's kind of impossible to put the the genie back in the bottle, but um this happens a lot in Hollywood, where it won't be the filmmakers cutting the trailer, yeah, so generally the trailer might it probably has given too much information away in there, but even whether it has or hasn't they a marketing department doesn't necessarily know what's best for yeah. the to represent the film. They're supposed to, but that tends never to be really the case. They're backing on their own... They're going back on their own message, so I'll I'll tell you one thing that happens in it, because it's not a major spoiler. But, actually, that first trailer does a very good job of making Knuckles look like a complete badass. Yeah. Where he's only in it briefly, and he's like, do I look like I need your power, that bit? Yeah, and just, like, blast Sonic back again, So, Knuckles is in this trailer a ton, and does not look anywhere near as cool and badass and actually looks more like he might be comedy relief. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, it's very... I hope that's just badly edited trailer. I'm hoping they've just picked... uh, Basically, there's a bit where he's trying to punch Sonic and to be fair maybe it does make him look badass maybe i'm over exaggerating but he's basically trying to punch sonic and sonic's dodging them all because obviously sonic's super fast and sonic goes for a guy named knuckles you think you'd be good at punching and then knuckles gets him with one right and Sonic. Goes i think that's him. more just to try and show sonic sass yeah the they, way he had it in the first well one. They're, they're definitely doing a sonic who's very pop culture heavy because yeah. he calls knuckles the winter soldier at one point oh god don't start to, like why is it why oh, it's coming vid- marvel marvel a Gonna, Disney are going to. Well, I don't I, understand. I, this is a Paramount. So here's, film. What, here's what you're going to hear soon. Oh. Um, Sonic rights to Sonic the Hedgehog bought out by Disney. Announcing Sonic Three. It's an adaptation of Sonic Adventure. We want that, yeah. Mm. Surprise twist. Chaos is played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'd watch it. Amy Rose is played by Ryan Reynolds. It's, every everyone, character. <laughs> every, I just want a Sonic movie where everyone is Ryan Reynolds <laughs> except for Robotnik. That's still got to be Jim Carrey. Mm. Just Jim Carrey mm. v. Ryan Reynolds. Can yeah. you imagine if they put Deadpool vs. Robotnik? Yeah, <laughs> How mental that film would be. I think it would be so mental it wouldn't make any narrative sense. Because yeah. everyone would just be breaking yeah. fourth wall all over the place. Anyway, as you can probably tell by what we're discussing here, uh, today's episode is about Sonic the Hedgehog from 2020. Uh, this is kind of a, a, a precursor uh, for what's coming in two weeks' time, uh, which is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog 2, because it comes out in the cinemas. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully we can jump in there, watch that early doors and uh, give you a really cool review as to what we think of that. Am I I the only one? Because we're going to go cinema and watch Sonic 2, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So we have to go together. You understand that, right? Right. Because if you make me go on my own, I am not walking into a cinema as a grown ass 30 year old man and saying, can I have a ticket for Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Well, that's just because you're not comfortable in yourself. (laughs) That's because I'm afraid people will think I'm a paedophile. <laughs> Not all Sonic fans are pedophiles. Not all. <laughs> Not all. <There's laughs> only a <laughs> <There's>, large portion. <laughs> there's been a few, but they've been arrested. It's no. I meant you know more... the irony is that's true. I but meant same... <laughs> being a 31 year old man watching a children's. It's the same way I felt when I saw um I saw Moana at the cinema, the Disney film. Moana. Oh, um, and I felt really weird watching that because I was a th- I was 28, I think, at the time, mm. maybe, and um, I was the only. Single man, yeah. In the, I cinema. think to be fair, the staff thought that was weirder because you brought in wow. hand tissues and <laughs> hand lotion with you. And, and I did <laughs> not. Let's be clear on that. I did <laughs> not. But, and you need the hand lotion for a reason, sir. It's good on my hot dog, if you know what I mean. They're gonna pay, play this in my trial. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trial, yeah. Um, before we get started with this episode, I just want to. Uh, I've mentioned in two episodes time we're doing something the Hedgehog too. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Of what it is, but next week we have a special episode. I don't want to give too much away, so I'll, all I'll say is this: uh, the next week's episode is a rare one. It's something. It's a film that most people don't seem to remember or regard, despite the fact that, um, you know, despite the fact of the, the main character of it. It's an. It was. It came out in two thousand eight, and it won awards in two thousand nine. But somehow, like the Halo fan base in particular, don't remember it. Uh, they they don't seem to regard it. Uh, but the character of Master Chief. He's tasked with saving the missing daughter of a billionaire, and he's sent in with an elite team called the ACP. Uh, I did look online. There doesn't seem to be many Halo fan communities talking about this film. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll give you the sort of the full rundown next week for that, uh, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But uh, yeah, just a, a little extra something special to look forward to next week. Anyway, I think we've spoken for long enough. Let's get on with Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog! Sonic the Hedgehog! So, first thing I want to state is uh, when the film opens, the Paramount logo is there and it has Sonic's rings around it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Instead of the stars, it has rings. And it's playing the ring sound effect, isn't it? The ding, yes. Ding, ding, ding. Um, something of a kind of a bit of stupidly deep trivia uh, is that Paramount at one point technically owned Sega. In right. the past, during, I think, the 70s and early 80s. But it was... Uh, so Sega was part-owned by Golf and Western, mm. which was uh, owned by Paramount. And they eventually called themselves uh, Paramount Television, I think it was, that they called themselves. Eventually, they, that Sega either bought back their own rights or another company bought those rights off of Golf and Western. So they haven't been owned by Paramount for a long time. But it's kind of interesting that Sony were actually making the first Sonic the Hedgehog, for quite some time. They, yeah. They'd they done a lot of the pre-work on it. Um, but they decided uh, about a year and a half before Paramount released their version that uh, they they just didn't want to go ahead with it, so yeah. Paramount bought the rights instead. Shall it, we? I think, we, we have, I think there's uh, an elephant in the room that we have to address first before we get on to this film. Sure. Which is, of course, the troubled production history of this film yes notably the absolute lovecraftian monstrosity (laughs) that was the original design of sonic do you remember rory i do because you're a huge sonic fan do you remember when and where you were when you first saw that original trailer and you saw your first look at what sonic was gonna look like i was here i was at my house uh i was i was looking online i was like oh i wonder what sonic Holy God, what is this? It was the teeth it was it was the teeth the wasn't teeth it and weird. the weirdly small eyes yeah like tiny like almost human eyes yeah. with human teeth do you know what it but in like? an otherwise cartoon creature have you ever seen you know the face swap app yes you ever seen when people do a face swap with an inanimate object like a cookie or something yes it looked like someone had face swapped a human face <laughs> onto a sonic plushie yes yes it did well what's interesting is uh, i'll get to i'll get to these at the very end but i looked through deleted scenes on my blu-ray hmm. Uh, just to see a little bit of extra information. There's some interesting stuff there, but largely none of the scenes are important enough that they should have been kept. I understand why they were cut. But there's, there are a couple of interesting, trivia bits. But one of the interesting parts is some of those require the CGI of Sonic. And the CGI of Sonic at that time, like some parts are completed, even though they weren't in the finished film, uh, and some other parts were not finished. So you've just got like a, a very basic looking render of sonic the hedgehog there's no fur on him nothing like it's just like blue texture skin texture um and no shading or anything else applied and it's clearly based on the old model of him because he's got smaller eyes and a more realistic mouth and teeth uh and you're just like oh this is all that's left of that horror but i would have liked them to have included a cut not necessarily the whole film, because I don't think they rendered the whole film out in this way, but at least, like, deleted scenes just doing, like, or alternate scenes of the film where you could watch it with the original Sonic. Fuck no. Just so you could go, Jesus Christ. No, we need to deny that monstrosity ever existed. As an extra on a Blu-ray, I think that would be fine. Not in the film itself. Um, well, let, so let's just quickly talk about because obviously... Um, there was obviously massive public outcry on Twitter and yes, such. it was a massive As, backlash from the fan base mm-hmm. uh, and and also well anyone that yeah. saw it it, was, and it a, wasn't even you didn't even have to be a Sonic fan to go no. what the eff in hell is that but in a move that is pretty unprecedented amongst companies yep they said okay we've heard you we're going to delay the release yep. And we're going to fix it. And they did. True to their word, they actually did. And I mentioned this in our um, VGMP Plus episode of Sonic Mania Adventures, uh, but there is actually a... um, There is a... Sorry, let me start again. I mentioned this in our VGMP Plus episode on Sonic Mania Adventures that there was a, a single guy, really, who... Obviously, he wasn't the only designer, but who they brought on board to salvage the Sonic design. And he's the guy who made the Sonic Mania Adventure series, a guy called Tyson Hess. Um, And absolute, he saved this film. Because if they went with the Sonic that they originally had, this film would have bombed. Regardless of the fact that maybe overall the film would have been just as good and just the same, it's hard to kind it, of get into the emotional standing of liking this character it was, when it, it was, was that, that ugly. nightmarish yeah. yeah it was that ugly like it's not just a case of i don't know you see it all the time in like superhero films don't you? it's mm-hmm. like oh i don't like wolverine's suit or i wish it was a different shade of color or whatever this was not like something surface like that this was literally horrifying to look at. oh it was oh it was garbage <laughs> i couldn't stand it um Yeah, so uh, uh, what's quite interesting is, uh, as you say, a lot of companies, they kind of attack the fans back. That's happened a lot, certainly in sort of superhero movies when people have gone, we actually want something different. Mm. It's one thing to not I'm not necessarily saying that all companies should kowtow to what fans say. Fans don't always know what they actually want. No, um, no, that can so, disastrously as well. No, and sometimes it. you need to hold to your own artistic vision, but it depends on what the subject is. If, it, if a fan's going, change your storyline, I don't want a woman leading a film, well, you can tell them to go, oh, one, do one. But if it's a case of, no, this looks nightmarish, and it's meant to be a children's film, you probably should change that shit. And as I say, they did. The... Um, but yeah, generally, there seems to be this weird opposite factor that happens, certainly, again, with superhero movies, where the company... And it happened with Ghostbusters 2016. When people come out and go, there's something about this film that doesn't sit right. And it, I know there was a lot of sexism around Ghostbusters 2016 as well, but there was also a lot of good reasons to think that film didn't look as good as it should have been, or it wasn't going the right way as it should have done as a sequel, because it wasn't. It basically was a reboot. Um the companies then decided to go right well anyone who says anything against our product is a sexist or a racist or a this or a that and no doubt there's probably is a mixture of those people in in the backlash but in general there's like i've seen people with reasonable expectations and reasonable requests of films And it's just, the filmmakers will just go, nope, you're all racist, sexist, bigots, you're all after this, that, and the other side. Attacking the fans doesn't work for you. If you don't agree, you can either say you don't agree, or just leave it and continue doing what you're doing anyway. Uh, A perfect example of that I always think of is, uh, and by no means am I, you know, I, I, I don't i think all films and all voices should be made blah 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 um but one example i always think of of people making a bad uh attack on fans is uh last year or the year before that there was a reboot of charlie's angels that was made yes that literally nobody saw do you know how few people saw it Rory? I I still had an Odeon membership at this point. Yeah. Odeon emailed me, offering me free tickets to go and see it. Wow! because they were trying to pump up the numbers anyway the director elizabeth banks went on a huge rant um kicking off about people wanting to see you know oh no one will come and watch this but they'll go watch spider-man 35 this is ironic seeing that the new spider-man has made shit tons of money i mean mean, the the, fact that anyone will go and watch anything spider-man i think sadly is a proven point yeah But but here's the thing your film looked bad Yes, It didn't look good. First of all, no one needed Charlie's Angels rebooting. Like, everything that can be done with that premise has been done with it. But second of all... It's not a deep enough story to... Like, you'd have to really go some and change the elements of Charlie's Angels to make it a deep enough story yeah. worth rebooting. But your, but your version looked shit, Elizabeth Banks. And I like Elizabeth Banks. I think she's a really oh, talented yeah, yeah. actress. Um, I think she's got a really good directing sense. Mm. Um, and she seems very versatile as well. I've seen her in all sorts of different things. Like, this was definitely but, a case of she... she attacked to, the fans for no reason. Well, she, I think she wanted to push a more feministy message, which isn't bad in and of itself, but you're never going to get that message across if you just start attacking people. No, it's as simple as that. Because people don't like to be lectured at. No. Um, um, and here's it, the thing, like, the, the, from what I've heard, the film isn't particularly great in and of itself. I don't know; I haven't seen it. But even if it was a good film, the problem is, is it really isn't the sort of concept that was going to do gangbusters figures. No. Like, and weirdly enough, and I know this sounds terrible, but sadly, a lot of like Charlie's Angels was created. With the male gaze in mind. Oh, yeah. Doing Those a feminist f- version without the male gaze, you've lost half your audience. Yeah. Because like, that's, that's the fan base. Yeah. And I, I'm f- not saying it's right or wrong or anything, yeah. but, but that is what that f- I, series is. I've never seen the original Charlie's Angels, but I've seen the, the two movies in the 2000s mm. with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu. Yep. Um, and I was a teenage boy when they came out. And I really liked them because they're sexy, they're action, they're sexy, and they're funny. They've got all three things that a teenage boy likes yep. in them. Um, that I, could, I, imagine even going back to the original Charlie's Angels because I've it seen still the for clips the that you was know, for tight that as trousers well. and all this sort of stuff to yeah. show the women's shape. It was um, I what think that series was, so, it'd so, be like making a Dead or Alive movie, but you don't show any bit of flesh on the women. Yeah, you know, you've lost your hat. Like, and going well. Why don't the dead or alive fan base watch this? It's like, well, they're not going to. Yeah, because they obviously they like the game series <laughs> for a particular reason. You're not giving them. I don't want to go into politics. I'm. I'm no. only going to say this one thing, and then I'm going to move on. Yeah, we'll get back but to the film. There's a current thing going on at the minute where you've got half the audience complaining that all films are becoming too political. You've got the other half going, no, they've. All, let's take Doctor Who for example. <laughs> Half of am going, it's too politicized. I'm being lectured at blah, blah, blah. Doctor who's always been political. What are you talking about? Here's the thing. And this is the truth in my opinion. This is the way I see it. Um, First of all, yes, both both points of view are correct. Yes. Because yes, Doctor Who, for example, always has been political. Films have always had political messaging. People Even say that when about it's... Star Trek? They're like, oh, there's so much politics in it now. Is, that... yeah. is that the whole fucking Even... point of Star Trek was it was yeah. political. Even when it's not intentionally done, politics infects everything. Yeah. Um, because you're making your film or your show from a viewpoint. Here's the thing what we've lost is the ability to put politics in things well yes writing it's the i, I say this all the time I, I, sadly and i'm sorry to say it but a lot of modern movie writing isn't very good no it's it not. follows a very well crafted like three act, three or four act structure they get that part right but in trying to just basically go well what can we shove into this pre-established mold and that's something i'm going to talk about with sonic the hedgehog the movie I, I'd, I'd say it's almost identical in its story pacing to detective pikachu Mm. the beats happen at the same points in time yeah. because they fit the same 3 to 4 act structure and so they do the same things yeah. throughout the the films you just change you just swap out the yeah. cgi elements for and actors for something else but th- this um, is the thing people have you know because i i i don't believe maybe i'm naive but i refuse to believe that having a female protagonist turns off male viewers because otherwise you well, have no never one, done it in the past this thing no one would have watched terminator no Alien. one would have watched aliens or no nobody would have watched buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm. the difference between that and something like the new star wars film which uh to be fair i haven't seen the new star wars films because i'm not a star wars fan i've only fan. seen one of them but I'm, it's, yeah they, i'm going on again the, the writing told. is terrible throughout so. this, this uh, thing they lecture you they're not just it's not just oh look we've got a cool female protagonist it's she's a female god damn it and you're gonna understand that you're wrong because you're a man the problem with ray in the seventh film and i've only seen uh the force awakens out of the new trilogy the problem with the force awakens with ray isn't that she's a woman by any measure it's the fact that you've got the main villain of that particular Kylo kylo ren who has been practicing the force powers forever like, throughout his whole life, turns to the dark side because he's so, you know, angry and aggressive. And Ray defeats him at the end of that film, despite having never held a lightsaber before. Right. And it's like, but this is unearned. Yeah, it doesn't you know, feel like it's been earned at Yeah, all. I mean, to put it in comparison with something else in Star Wars, in the second, uh, in, the, in the, the original trilogy, as it were, um, in the second one of that original trilogy, Luke Skywalker leaves Dagobah, leaves... Yoda to go and fight Darth Vader Mm. to save his friends, and he loses. Yeah. Because he's not as strong as Darth Vader because Darth Vader's been doing this for longer and yeah, Luke is relatively untrained let's use something with a female lead as a as a counterpoint let's take Terminator mm. Terminator 1 and 2 right oh yeah Sarah Lin- Connor was useless in the first one yeah well no that ending when she finally beats the Terminator yeah. that feels incredibly earned yes that's why you feel such a sense of catharsis when she finally hits that button and crushes yeah, the Terminator you're a terminated fucker yeah oh, yes yes that's a great moment because yeah. she's earned that you know yeah. she's she's been s- through so much like she starts off as just a woman who does waitressing and she's gone through so much stuff that by the time she gets to that end point yeah you're right she's yeah. earned it and she's then earned every second and then that follows into terminator 2 where she's now spent the intervening time completely like training strategizing St- stockpiling weapons yeah preparing for the moment the terminator returns yeah and that's a logical evolution to her character. Yeah, um, and it's and to be fair, I want to be clear. It's not just female protagonists they do this with. Oh, this a lot of protagonists. a lot of modern movie making is doing it with male protagonists yeah. as well. There is no earning of something. It's just well, yeah, it's they pretty suddenly pretty... are masters yeah. of their power. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog does this uh, eschew all of those modern norms, or is it part of those modern norms? Uh, let's find out. So. I don't think we'd need to do a a play-by-play necessarily on Sonic the Hedgehog? I don't know. No, no, I think just the broad strokes, really. So we Um, we start with an animated section, voiced by Sonic. Yes, with Robotnik. Oh, no, you don't. We do a flashback first, don't we? Yes. They do that flash forward thing, don't they? Yeah, so it's near the end of the movie. It starts out with Robotnik chasing and shooting Sonic, and Sonic voicing over it. Oh, isn't this crazy? And then you get the, how did we get here sort of thing. And then it flashes back and explains the story. And now it's it's... the animated bit, because I wanted to ask you uh, the big... Owl, what was her name? Longclaw. Longclaw. Um, I, as far as I'm aware, not a character in the games. Nope, not in front of original the Original for this. Uh, absolutely pure original for this. However, something interesting with Longclaw. I looked her up and she's not, apparently, but she... I'll tell you what, she sounds like bang on for the voice of Sally Acorn in uh, Sonic Satam, but it's no. not, apparently. And I was like, but she sounds bang on it. And then when uh, the, the actress they've got hasn't done much other stuff that's on IMDb, at least. Mm. But then when I watched, there's a deleted scene. And one of the deleted scenes, Longclaw actually goes to Earth with him and lives with him and raises him. Right. And then he looks after her when she's passing away. Mm. Um, obviously, that's all been removed from the main film. But the voice of Longclaw in those sequences seemed to be different.
1: Maybe it the didn't sound
0: Maybe But IMDB doesn't seem to Connect with that Because no. it doesn't the, the one in the deleting Doesn't sound like Sally Acorn Yeah um, So anyway I just thought that was odd um, It is odd as well That again There's been an owl injected An old owl injected yeah. into it Like they did in the Sonic 96 well, movie This is the thing Do you so- remember the old man in Yeah 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 I shot it I have some news for you! So I do, I do think, cause unless I'm wrong, you might know better than me, we've never had a proper backstory for Sonic's childhood, have we, in the sh- in the games? Not really, no. We've never met old man Sonic or anything like that. Not, not in the games, no. The games didn't really require it, it, it sort of... It just started off. You, yeah, like, it was basic. There's so, evil man turning ro- look, yeah. uh, animals into robots. you So beat him up. I, I, I can live with the idea that he was adopted by a bird for yeah. some reason. Be, yeah, as um, it's, it's crazy as anything else that goes the, on. The, the some weird, adventure. the the weird addition to the plot is the idea of the teleporting rings. Uh, so um, that's kind of not unique for the film no I, I seem to have a vague memory of that kind of being in the games so it's not done in the same way as it is in the film they've obviously interpreted it in the film however um, if you think of the first Sonic game Sonic 1 mm, do you get rings. to the special stage yeah you have to rings. collect 50 rings throughout the show uh, throughout the episode and then when you pass the goal ring you'll be a big ring and you jump through that to get to the special stage And that's happened a few times. Sonic 3D Blast, you dunk, you have to slam dunk like a basketball player, loads of flickies into a large ring to make them disappear and get to safety. So it seems to be a recurring theme. It's not something that you tend to think of um, as, like, you know, Sonic teleports through rings, but actually it has happened before, just not from having a small ring you throw in it becoming a big portal. Because one thing that is missing from this film that I did find kind of, when I watched it the first time, was kind of like, it's weird that they're not in it. Um, no Chaos Emeralds. There is one. Is there? There's an image of one. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, but the, the actual Chaos there. Emeralds Arizona, are not part of the plot. They're clearly going to be in the seat. Se- oh, clearly they're going to be in the sequel. Well, Knuckles' main impetus has always been the Master Emerald, yeah. so I'll be surprised if it doesn't introduce the Master Emerald yeah. in some but way. But doesn't, doesn't it just seem weird not to have the Chaos Emerald? Like, uh, no, because not- they weren't in the 96 movie either. They weren't really in... Um- but they're such a... Part Satan. of the, the they, not, they're, are there any games that don't have the chaos emeralds in them i'm sure the chaos emeralds are in every sonic no game. sonic 3d blast doesn't have them okay let's right, i'm gonna say something controversial here <laughs> real sonic games it's a real sonic game so like sonic 1 2 3 all have it sonic and yeah. knuckles has them yep. adventure adventure 2 yeah heroes yep uh, generation, generations. Yes, they do have them. Yeah. Um. Do you see why we? mean uh, yeah, 2006, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic 06. Does that have the chaos yes, Sonic Oh. I've. Oh, I don't know. I assume so. I can't remember. I haven't, haven't played Sonic 06 forever. I've never got past like the second level. No, it's a really shit Because game. the game is so buggy. Oh, I know. It's, it's unplayable. It's like the only Sonic game on the 360 that's not backwards compatible. And you're like, yeah, I bet they're going, I can't be asked to fix that shit. No. No, no, no just don't bother with it. But yeah, it's odd. It, it, I see. That is, they're not there. I, I assumed, because I knew from the trailer that this was set on Earth. Yep. As in, there's actual real humans in it. I assumed they were going to do the beginning of Sonic X. Where it's Eggman playing around with a Chaos Emerald is what opens the portal to No, because Robotnik's from Sonic's world in Sonic X. Yeah, this thing. I don't know why they didn't do that. Well, because Sonic X is shite. Is it? Yes. I hated Sonic X. I have not seen it in a very long time. Oh, that was terrible. Um, I assume we'll be covering it at some point? Um, yeah, I assume so. I'm, I'm going to use it as an excuse to try and watch the whole show. Oh, my so, God. Do you know that there's hundred, like, about 100 episodes? Yeah, but I've never got through it all. I want uh, no, to try. F- no so point. you'll have to give me, like, advance warning of when we're going to yeah. do Sonic X. Well, I need to give myself the advance warning as well. Um, so Long Claw the Owl, as you mentioned, is there. But, but one thing I want to start with first when at the opening when uh, they're doing before the flashback, and sonic's like oh hey! uh you've got uh, there's actually a road sign that says mega dr mega drive oh yeah mega drive yeah, yeah, dr yeah. is for drive isn't it on a road sign yeah so there that's is. cool um and when they get to, when he when it goes to the flashback sonic's in and like a, a fully three d realized green hill zone, it looks fucking incredible this should be in a game yeah. this is what a green hill zone should look like in a modern sonic game oh, open world sorry. like not open world, but like open exploration, yeah. a lot more than the on rails crap that is happening. I'm now. going to sound like I'm down on the film. I'm not down on the film. I actually quite enjoyed it, mm. but this should be what the film is. This brilliant, colorful yeah. landscape. I don't need humans in it. Yeah. Why, why are they insisting? I felt the same. They about. They do it with a lot of stuff. Now have though, you ever it's... seen the Smurfs film? No, I felt the same about that. You watch the Smurfs film and you're like, why are the human characters in this? Yeah. Why is it not just the Smurfs and Gargan? Because for some reason, Hollywood still can't get past the fact that a series might just stand on its own. It's yeah. like Resident Evil, we've talked about this a million times, so we won't go into it. But how many. There's been fuck knows how many Resident Evil films, but they, they, for some reason, Hollywood never seems to feel comfortable yeah. enough to go, you know what, just go with what the f- games are yeah, like. Yeah, if we're just talking live action ones, there's been seven. Yeah. Yeah, but there's been three animated ones. Four, four animated ones. Well, three, because one's actually split into a TV show It was now. clearly made as a film, yeah. though, but yeah. but yeah. And it's, it's about a- to be another show. Yeah, we won't get into that. That's that's going to be too long. We're going to have so- to watch that soon, though, Rory. Oh, good. Um, uh, so, Longclaw the Owl uh, looks after Sonic in this world. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, I noticed straight away, the rock formations in the distance where Sonic's running around Green Hill Zone, they match something from sonic one on the master system but i'll reference that again in a minute because it it comes up it's a lot clearer on the planet map that sonic has in 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 a little bit Uh, so long claw the owl is looking after him Uh, but then they're attacked by echidnas. They're clearly echidnas, uh, which matches in what we know of the echidnas in Sonic Adventure, that they are a warlike people who are going for power. Although that's meant to be hundreds of years before. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see... Well, which kind of works, because... Yeah, so... I see your point. To be fair, because it's different worlds, they could do a time thing. It could. So yeah. when he goes back, they could still have Knuckles be the last echidna because mm. they could say that time moves faster in Sonic's world. Yeah, I than mean, it does yeah. in they'll they'll find a reason. Um, bear in mind as well, it would have been at least twenty years. Or so. No, yeah, at least tw- ten, ten odd years. That's not enough time no, though for, for all of the species. To die. Yeah, to no, die. fair play. <laughs> then again, I guess if Chaos turned up and wrecked them all, it's true. It is. Yeah, man, I would love it if the post-credits of the second film is Chaos turning up for number three. That would be cool. Sonic... you, uh, yeah. This is where we get the explanation that Sonic uses rings to allow him to move between worlds, um, similar to the gold Rings. And so he ends up having to jump through into Earth and Longclaw defends the the portal until it closes and we assume she's died. And there's a big Um, focus here on Sonic's power. Yes. And this is an interesting thing because in the games it's not a big deal, it's just Sonic can run fast. No one ever points it no. out. That it's like Sonic can run really well, fast. Well, they do, but the, the, the idea is that, that his power is his speed, but there yeah. seems to be a lot more to Sonic's power in the film it's than there al- is in the games. This is very much, I don't know if it's because we live in a modern age where superhero films are so dominant, mm. but it all, they're almost treating it like a superpower, like Superman can fly. Yes, Sonic, yes. It's I mean, Sonic running fast is not enough, because he does that as normal. It, there's points where, and we'll get to, the, to it very quickly, where he builds up what looks like like an electrical style charge, charge which was and, never in the games. Yeah, it? and then like has like almost an explosion yeah. of like this di- like electric discharge. That annoys me a bit because that is the Flash. Yes, that is well, literally I, well, the Flash. Well, um, when we get to the end, I'll show, I, I'll reveal it. But when um, you know at the very end, he, Sonic Sonic's room actually has comics of the flash at the very beginning he sits and i oh, was reading did, the flash then as yeah well, he reads he? every yeah, yeah. issue doesn't he yeah yeah because yeah. he can read really fast as he well can, apparently he can basically do everything really fast but it's yeah because in the his powers are never fully understood yeah they just they're, they are kind of a bit plot armored yeah i mean this is a kid's film that we're picking to yeah no no yet, no so uh, we the, there's kind of but they're not consistent I agree. They're definitely not consistent. Um, So in the real world, uh, where Sonic's now living, we see James Marsden. Donut Lord. Donut Lord, sitting, and he's apparently in his car doing like a speed trap. And he's a bored small county sheriff in a town called Green Hills, um sonic we then get the element where sonic saves a tortoise from being run over i did like the joke where he goes hey sonic buddy slow tortoise. down to the tortoise <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair the bit with the tortoise is hilarious uh i liked it and also it kind of reminds me of sonic saving turtles as one of the animals in yeah. song 2 although did you um, realize when i watched it this second time what yeah he, he he travels that tortoise hundreds of miles and then abandons it yeah and you're like dude what if that you've like separated that tortoise from its family you monster (laughs) so actually i actually have a theory that sonic is actually the real villain of this film okay uh because <laughs> he's You're he, siding with Robotnik. Eh? He's a little bit of a douche. Oh, he is a this. bit of a douche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of fits in with the nineties attitude of things like Bart Simpson, which I suppose works for Sonic. Because yeah, of the but I mean, separating made. a tortoise from his Later on, he literally throws like that, oh, darts. At a, he throws <laughs> darts at a woman later on, doesn't yes, he? <laughs> he? Does yes, not on purpose, but yeah. Um but basically yeah. to shorten this bit down he lives in a den doesn't he he lives in a den and he spends a lot of his time um he, he just watching people doesn't he yeah and he basically has formed an attachment to what's donut lord's real name I th- uh, tom 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 wachowski yeah so tom and his partner who he refers to as pet pretzel lady but yes. what was her actual name I can't remember. erica I think, I think the, the problem is, is the the wife always was almost just the wife. They never. Oh, re- they, it's that proper like, trap of oh, she's just the wife. Yeah, I was character. like, can you, can you please give? I was literally watching again. Can you please give me her name so I can write it down? And I never got it. Yeah, I was just like, what's her name? Um, she's just the wife. I don't want to just yeah. write the wife. Well, he he feels a kind of. Uh, closeness with them so he like mm. hangs out like whenever they watch a movie he hangs out <sighs> at the window and watches it with them yeah but so it's kind of a one-way like, relationship and speed um but anyway sonic's all very like oh yeah my life's great it's awesome but we actually start to realize that he feels very lonely because obviously lonely, he's sad. on an alien planet with no one he knows. And he ends up going to the baseball field to watch a baseball game, a little league game, doesn't yes. he? Can, just before we get to that, yeah. a couple of things I want to reference. Um, in his den, he plays ping pong by himself. Yeah. The table is a road sign. Yes, I noticed. What's that. on the road? It's side. hilltop, isn't yes, it? Yes, hilltop road, which is hilltop zone from Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, Sonic, sorry, Sonic the Hedgehog Two, but Sonic Adventure. Um, and on the planet map, I wanted to go because we see the I, planet. I map. think I noticed one of these. So there's a few. Is I'm it... still. I haven't had time to research some of the other ones, but I've I've clocked most of them. I think. Was I right that the top one is the symbol of a Sega console? Yes, Sega Saturn. Yeah. So that's the Sega Saturn logo. I think it's the Japanese Sega Saturn logo. Uh, um... I have a Sega Saturn box somewhere, but we'll have to anyway. But yeah, it's we've got like the S-shaped tube going around an actual planet. That's a yeah. Sega Saturn logo. You've got a sun. Now I recognise the design of that sun from somewhere, but I didn't. I haven't had time to actually track it down to what it actually references. I know for damn sure that sun references something Fair because enough. of the way that the design is drawn. But I can't remember for the life of me what it is. The centre of the map... Now, this is going back to what I was saying before about the Green Hill Zone um, rock formations. And it's really obvious. Like The map makes it very clear what it is. Sonic was in South Island when he was a child. And South Island is very visible on the map as being the centre point. You've got the centre circle with the rock formations of South Island. Now... South Island's map is not seen in Sonic 1 on the Mega Drive, but it is seen uh, prior to starting a level in Sonic 1 on the Master System and the Game Gear. Next AKA time, the non-canon version of Sonic 1. The better version Sonic 1. Whoa, 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 Michael Cole. Sorry, but it's just facts. The Game Gear version of Sonic. No, Bond. the Master System version. Gonna say the Game Gear version's garbage. No. Well, yeah, because of the reduced screen size. Master System version's better. How different is the Master System version from the Mega Drive version? Gameplay is identical, but the screen yeah, level's the same. Yeah. But the screen size makes it infinitely easier to play um sonic 2 on the master system versus game gear is very similar on the master system it's a relatively decent enough game to play on the game gear it's nearly impossible because the first yeah. boss you can't see where the balls are coming from you get killed really easily yeah. so that on. cheap death doesn't happen on the master so, system because the you master can see what's system going on. the master system was the console prior to the mega drive yes yeah? why are the sonic games on that if Sonic was invented for the Mega Drive. Because they were supporting uh, previous markets, the Mars system was very popular they in the UK. do that, do they? But also incredibly popular in Brazil. Brazil, <laughs> of all countries. Bra- <laughs> mate, the Mars system is still going in Brazil. Uh, so anyway, the map. We've got At the top of the map, you've got the Sega Saturn logo. Next to it, you've, going clockwise, you've got the sun, which I, I know is a reference, but I don't know where from. In the middle, you've got the South Island. The next one, you've got the Sonic & Knuckles special stage... Yep. Uh, which is, is also referenced in the end credits of this, but it's uh, Collect Blue Spheres. But it's actually definitely that planet yeah. as a sphere. The next one just seems to be a ring. In the bottom right-hand corner is a picture of what is either a Chaos Emerald or a Master Emerald. Uh, at the bottom of the circle, you've got what looks like to be a spring shape. It might okay. be something else. I need to look into that a bit more. The next one's the only one I couldn't recognize at all. I, I'm wondering if it's the Wisp World from Sonic Colours. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't I haven't played that game, so I don't really know. It's you, it, you have, to, have you drawn what I've it looks like? I've kind of like? done a cro- crude version of it there. Um, it's essentially, you've got like the circle of the planet, you've got three circles on the outside, and they're connected by like these bowed edges, so mm. it's not a straight triangle. I don't know what that reference is. The closest thing in the film that references that is the um, the final ship of Dr. Robotnik, but it only has two of the circles. The back mm. end is just, a, the, the sorry, the front end is just a spike. Mm. So it's, yeah, it, if it's not referencing his ship, it might be referencing something else, but I couldn't figure that out. The next one is the one that he's got circled as go to next. And it's clearly mushroom Hill, which is the mushroom planet that comes in at the end. And then the one that he's on is earth. But I wondered, I did wonder if that could be little planet, but I don't think it is. It's probably just meant to be earth. Um, but yeah, so I just thought those were interesting. There's quite a few references within that map. Some that I still need to figure out. Um, but I, I clocked quite a few of them at least. Mm. So Donut Lord has got a job in the city. He's leaving for San Francisco um, which is apparently going to break a streak of the Wachowskis being sheriffs in Green Hills. Now, do you know what's important about it being San Francisco? Why do you think they chose San Francisco? Could be any city. New York's more common. Why did they choose San Francisco? Is it because the city escape level in Sonic Adventure 2 is very clearly modelled on San Francisco? Sound. Got to go. my kind of the yes steep hills and things yes but why would why did they use that because also crazy taxi was set in san francisco why did they use san francisco so strongly in the late 90s early 2000s era of Sega is it where Sega America is based it was during that era yes it was they've moved it now sadly but yeah so because they'd moved to San Francisco they based a lot of their games in San Francisco um and it looks like and and I I think that's a clear reference because they could have chosen any city why San Francisco specifically um it seems to me that that's just a clear reference uh, Sonic plays baseball with himself so now we're at the point that you were talking about and he yeah. realises he's alone he ends up having a crying fit running fast around the pitch builds up loads just of very blue quickly, electricity just very before we get there yeah. the Sonic playing baseball with himself that's been done before in Sonic X that's one episode I do remember oh really yeah there's an episode where they kind of there's an episode where they're all playing baseball no, but, it's weird. but Sonic's you. the only one good at it it's fairly if I remember right it's one of those episodes where nothing happens it's just comedy yeah so, like, it's a filler episode Knuckles hits the ball and it goes flying uh the, the the bit i always remember is you know cream yep. the rabbit yeah, yeah. you know she has a little chow called cheese yep get it cream cheese oh, I get it. so cheese has a go at batting right and he literally just stands there holding the bat and the ball just goes right past him <laughs> and he just goes chow like that, <laughs> and it happens three times. But then there is a bit where, like Eggman's t- Eggman's team are all bad nicks, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Eggman's team start winning, so then Sonic ends up playing every position somehow, if I remember right. Oh, okay. But this was all right. This was a very. It, it's a very goofy set this is a very Looney tunes-esque scene where he's playing with himself and he's actually just playing all the characters as well oh yeah yeah. and adding in all the um... his his dialogue as different people in the yeah because like isn't there one bit where he he throws he bats the ball and instead of going straight to being the fielder that's gonna catch it he goes to one of the other fielders first and he's like oh no don't bet it towards him oh no he ain't gonna catch it oh my god no (laughs) sort of thing anyway so there's a lot of comedy elements to it very, again, very similar to uh Ryan Reynolds' Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, basically breaking forth walls to the point where, you yeah. know, it's just, it's obvious overt comedy. And um, much like Detective Pikachu, actually one of our lines that we pointed out, and that was the whole stick a finger in me line. Yep. There's a more adult jokes in this than I remember there being. There's a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. But um anyway, so he, he, so he, he gets uh, upset. Yep. And he runs the bases. as... Yep super fast, builds up such a sufficient electrical charge that, he burns that it burns out the city, doesn't it? Well, it explodes in a move that was very similar, I thought, to um, to Shadow the Hedgehog's chaos blast. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. This thing, it literally wipes out an entire city. Like, how fucking powerful is Sonic yeah, in apparently this apparently it turns off, it also turns off a satellite in space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah, was it. Yeah, it reaches all the way up to space. You're like, fucking hell, Sonic. Yeah. You could conquer the planet. <laughs> I like that all the power is off. There's no lights or anything like that but people can still get um can still call on the mobile phones it's like oh so the the telephone towers are still up then yeah the broadcast towers are still going it's just um, everything else is dead but we then cut yeah. to a uh, narrative, a narrative. UK, call. we cut to a uh, USA government meeting yep, with massive. several generals and things like that. And this guy, actually the lead guy, mm. uh, I recognise from Freddy vs. Jason. He oh, is okay. the main girl's father. In that, you going to say he's the main girl. Um, yes. <laughs> and um, that would be an interesting twist. And he basically says, well, here's the facts that we know uh, this thing went off. It wiped out all the electrics. It's a very could be standard an EMP, scene. could, that, could be that. Yeah, it We're it gonna doesn't call- really no the only important part of this scene is Robotnik we're gonna call expressing. in him and everyone's like oh no you can't do that and is there a line am i right in remembering that the guy turns around and goes with a completely straight face so fair play to this guy doesn't he say something along the lines of robotnik's done a lot for this country or something like yeah, that so there's yeah he start. he says uh do you remember the uprising in and he mentions different things mm. and they're all like no no and they're like well that's why you know essentially there was uprisings or there was meant to be like that one of them's a new a country that go i don't never even heard of that country. exactly So you know he stopped certain things from happening for the u.s government which is kind of a creepy angle that's not in like entertained at all throughout the film it's just sort of thrown in in dialogue and forgotten yeah it's like this person has disappeared countries and revolutions like there's more that they could have done with that. I understand why they didn't, because it's yeah. a children's film. But it's actually quite an interesting and quite dark Instead angle. of him just being a crazy scientist. Yeah, because yeah. he, he walks up and he's just an egomaniac. Yeah. But it's, well, there's actually quite a lot of dark shit he's done. So in his first scene, because I actually I feel like I'm being stalked, Rory. <laughs> um, I think if we added up all the actors who appear in this podcast... I think Neil McDonough may end up being the most recurring one. Neil McDonough, he's in so many... Fi- and the, I mean, this is probably the first film he's been in, like, first video game adaptation he's been in that's genuinely good. And he's hardly in it. So he's, he's <laughs> in this. He was in Welcome to Raccoon City. Yep. He's in, I want to say, Legend of Chun-Li. Yep, Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. And purely, by pure coincidence... I'm currently watching the Arrowverse. I told you that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'm on season four of Arrow. Guess who the main season villain is? Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough playing Damien Dark. Well, I tell you what, you start watching the Star Trek films like the next gen ones. By the time you get to the second one, oh, there's Neil McDonough. Yeah. Is I know him. He's <laughs> a man who gets around. In oh terms yeah. Of his the roles, but the first thing I ever saw him in was he is. There's something about Neil McDonough in season fours uh, because he is. I'm sure it's season four. I used to watch Desperate Housewives. Oh, and he's in that as well. And yeah. he's the main. Uh, basically, at the start of season four. One of them's. Out of nowhere has gone on holiday, comes back, and they've married this weird man. Right. Like they've literally just met him on holiday and married him, and it's Neil McDonough, and he's really sinister and creepy. Yeah. Um, fun fact about Neil McDonough, I, I, not that anyone cares, I actually watched an interview with him. Yeah. Uh, did you know he's a hardcore Christian? Yeah. He says it's cost him roles yeah. because he won't do kissing. He won't scenes do kissing and stuff scenes, like scenes or anything married. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, fair play if that's your line, but yeah, he it, uh, at least he understands that that's what's cost him roles. Yeah. You know, he still gets plenty of parts because, <laughs> as you say, he seems to be following us around everywhere. He is yeah. definitely one of the most recurring. I would say celebrities. That pops up in video game movies. He's one hundred percent. Have you ever heard of that guy? Actors? Yes, he's that guy. Yeah. Whereas yeah. we, because we're nerds, we know his name. But a lot of people have actors who they never learn their names. But they'll say uh, so James Cro- him. James it's... Cromwell is another one. Yes, uh, you know the farmer from Babe. Yeah, he's in tons Don't of give films. Give me the freaking farmer from Babe. He's from iRobot as well. No, no, he's not. He is Zefram Cochrane in Star Trek. You give that man the respect he deserves. Is he in Star Trek? He's Zephyr Cochrane, the creator of the warp drive. Why would I know that? Because he's in the same film as Neil McDonough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I haven't seen. Which you, you need I know to know Because it's a good film. Um, it's the only good TNT. Uh, William Fitchner is another one. William Fitchner is yeah, an he's, actor who's in, he's in yeah, loads of he stuff. Was in, um, but Dark Knight as well, he was, but only as the bank manager at the beginning. Dark Knight, he's in a film called Drive Angry that he's yep. very good in. Yeah, I mean, he gave, William Fitchner is a great actor, but yeah. he, he's always seems to be, he never seems to be the main lead of a thing. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's the main villain in Drive angry but, oh, okay, cool. but he's kind of not the villain as well which is quite mm. cool uh he's the best guy don't get me wrong nicholas cage is very funny in it but by a landslide william fickner is mm. the uh I might I might start propagating a list to see a, a, like a frequently recurring we start video up, game movie sh- actors. Should we just start a side podcast called The Neil McDonough Show, where we hunt down every film Neil McDonough's no, ever No, because been. most of them will be shit. Not because of Neil McDonough, <laughs> but because most of the films he's in are shit. Yeah, but imagine if we We're gonna did We're going to be that. doing that anyway because of... Imagine if we did it and he <laughs> agrees... in video game movies. Imagine if we did it and he then finds out... <laughs> And agrees to come and be on the show itself. Yeah, but he won't because we'd want to kiss him. And then we'll be like, would we? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? And then we could be like, hey, do you want to come be in Haunted season five? <laughs> yeah, give him a kissing scene with yourself. Yeah. So Neil McDonough's there uh, as as General. Bennington Bennington that was it yeah I mean Um, he's literally only in this scene and then he's gone so and basically Robotnik just comes out and shit talks him a bunch I I mean imagine hiring Neil McDonough for a role just basically so what is the role of Bennington well you're going to stand there and get slammed by Jim Carrey and then we'll never see you again yeah And he's not in any of the deleted scenes. So, literally, that was all they hired him for. So, I'm guessing either Neil MacDonald really wanted to get slammed by Jim Carrey or he didn't realise. And so, when this film was coming out, aside from the monstrosity of the CGI Sonic, my biggest worry about this film was when they announced Jim Carrey as Dr. Robot. I was split on that because it's like this will it could only go one of two ways it would be epic or it'd be terrible. There was a, it, was, it was never going to be an in-between. So I feel that it's a very mixed performance. There right. there are bits of it where I'm actually like, yeah, this is really good. You were the right choice for the part. You're doing really well. Mm. Then there's bits where he goes full carry. Right. So I'm, I'm not a Jim Carrey fan. No. I like The Mask. The Mask is an amazing film. It under, one of the most underrated films of the 90s, in my opinion. Yeah, I love The Mask. Mask. Um, I don't rate a lot of his other films, especially not his comedies. No, never rated a liar, Ventura. liar. You Must uh, like liar, never liar. Never seen liar, oh, liar. Mate, you'd like liar, liar only because they. When you put Carey in context, I think that's what it yeah. is. Ace Ventura is just Carey being full Carey, which I still I love, but I understand why you don't. Um, but liar, liar, they they get the context right because yeah. he's a, he's a lawyer in and he's doing it in the middle of a law, like a big court yeah. case, and it's just a fucking hilarious. Um, I didn't like Bruce Almighty. No, I Bruce actually, Almighty dropped the ball a little I bit. I actually as well. prefer Evan Almighty. Well, uh, what was interesting with Bruce Almighty is I watched it and it was very much the tail end of that era of. It was the very end of that era of Carey's sort of mania. Uh, like His mania era, really. Um, and it kind of felt like it. Yeah. And, beca- and when. Uh, we had, what's it, who is it who plays Evan? Um, uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. It and is a I, passing of the torch scene, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, is I'd, I'd never seen Steve Carell in anything before, no. so I didn't know who he was. I just thought he was just some buttoned up guy who does standard performances. And literally, I sat there again, so did they like, map his face to Jim Carrey's face? Like, how did they get him to do all those expressions? Obviously, since, I've seen a lot of other <laughs> Steve Carell stuff and just know that he's a genuinely funny actor yeah. who can do you know, anything from you know, the, the, the restrained performance to the maniacal, weird I, performances. I really, really rate Steve Carell. Steve Carell really is one it. of the best comedy actors of the yeah. last 20 years. Yeah. But like I, I would say that quite happily. Yeah, I think he's um, wonderful because I'm watching... he can do. He can like I saw a film he was in that was crap. To be fair, called the Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah. Um, it's a terrible film, but his performance in it, I really cared for the character because I really cared for the way he played it, yeah. and I was like, you know what, this film is mostly t- mostly garbage. But he's managed, to, and that's when you can tell an actor is really shining when you know that the film wasn't good. But he was still great in it. I think he's really good in dramatic roles as well. He's also the best thing in Anchorman. Uh, He's the best thing in Anchorman because I don't like Anchorman. He's really good in The American Office. He's good in his... I don't know if you've seen his new show, Space Force. Yes, yes, he is good in that. He's good in that. I don't think that's as good a show as it could be, but he's still very good in it. He's very good in uh, one of my... I don't know if it's one of my favourite films because I've only seen it once, but it has stuck with me. Have you ever seen Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? No. That's a more dramatic film. Mm. Uh, bowled my eyes out at the end of it. Nice. Uh, he's also in Crazy Stupid Love with yep. Julianne Moore. He's very good in that. Highly recommend him. I'll tell you something, he he is in something with Jim Carrey where Jim Carrey isn't too bad in it, but it's kind of because Jim Carrey's a very small part in it. Uh But it's a film that flew under most people's radar. Have you seen The Incredible Burt Wonderstone? No. So that's a film about a wannabe magician. Right, And D- Jim Carrey plays a parody of, you know, Chris Angel Mind Freak. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Carrey plays a parody of that guy um, who comes out and he's doing magic that isn't magic, it's just stunts. Right. Um, and he's like, there's a bit where he's like nailing a, a, a nail up his nose. Oh. And he, if I remember right, he ends up actually nailing, basically he's trying to outdo Steve Carell's character yeah, yeah. and he overdoes it and ends up putting the nail actually through his brain and oh, killing no. himself. <laughs> Oh no! Don't like that. But yeah, so for me, Robotnik is a mixed. Perf- I genuinely like him, but there are points where there are. I what I'll give you, and I, uh, this is where I kind of agree with you. I think overall, Jim Carrey's performance is amazing. Mm. However, there are certain points where clearly he's not acting as Robotnik; he's acting Jim Carrey playing yeah. Robotnik. Well, here's what annoys me: uh, it's it's the points where he gets to his most zany, yeah. but the points where he's doing like sharp, witty back and forths. Actually, those are the best parts. Yes, the witty back and forth is funny. What annoys me... So two things annoy me about Robotnik's portrayal in this. One is not actually Robotnik himself. It's the design of all his badniks. They they're, look shit. Well, they're just generic. Yeah. Th- well, they're like anything from Sonic Adventure two onwards. Yeah. They're just King, everything Sonic shiny, Adventure two white. onwards in Sonic has been generic crap. I want. Well, I want them to go back to Badniks. Though yeah. uh, I'll come back to that. But Badniks are referenced in yes yeah, when he's got the switchers. Yeah. 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 I was like fucking uh, honestly one of the best things they could do in two, which I don't think they've done based on the trailer, is give me some actual Badniks. Yeah. I want diversify the, his. I'll, yeah. I want some of yeah. the Firefly things. I want the ladybirds. I want the crabs. Yeah. Here's anyway. the thing. Like, I can understand them starting off in the generic way that he's got them in this film and the fact is now he's not been on earth for a while yeah he's not had access to earth tech he's had to use his existing tech what he's got left from his broken ship to build new badniks then you would only be able to use what's around you So, you would then turn to, like, and he was using for his ship anyway, he was using a quill from Sonic. Yeah. So, you go, well, if there's these animals that have this sort of power, find other animals with some power and use them to power the robots. So, this is, this Um, brings me to, it jumps ahead slightly, but this brings to me the second part that annoys me about his performance. In that brief scene at the end where he's on the Mushroom Planet. Yeah. Um, We actually see him do a fucking spot-on Robotnik. And actually... I don't just mean the look... But the voice he's doing and everything, mm. when he's throwing that rock and stuff, and he's oh, like, right. I yeah, will. Agent Stone, yeah. Yeah, he's doing the Robotnik voice, and he sounds so close. <laughs> rock, Connors, come on, that's how there is. What's the matter with you? Mm. To the advent- Sonic Adventure voice actor, who's actually dead now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so he passed away after Sonic Adventure 2. And yeah, yeah. But he's so close, he sounds just like him. Mm. Why can't he be doing that for the whole film? Well, he might be doing that in number two. I hope so. I really um, did. But yeah, we'll find out when we watch Sonic, Sonic the Witcher 2. But his banter yeah. is good, I will admit. His, his, banter, his banter, banter is very is good, good, very quick. And apparently, most of the script wasn't in the film. Right. Uh, that he did most of the improv. The stuff was improv with him and James Marsden and everyone else that you guys are back and forth with. I'm sorry, Mr. Wachowski. But everyone calls me Tom. Except my dentist, he calls me Tim. But it's gone on for so long now that it would just be weird if I corrected him. Well, Tom, whose dentist calls him Tim, you may have noticed that this entire town has been experiencing a power outage. Yep, no lights. Picked up on that. 20 minutes ago, I tracked an energy pulse with a similar signature to the one that caused that disruption. Listen, uh, Mr. Doctor. Dr. Robotnik. But my dentist calls me Rob. Hmm. Look, uh, Dr. Robotskys, um, I'm sure what you're here for is very serious, but it's got nothing to do with me. You can ask anyone in town. Everyone knows me. I bet they do. I'm sure you're hella popular with the Jebs and Merles and Billy Bobs and this glorified gas station rest stop. Bet you go way back to the days of tipping cows and playing in a drug band. (laughs) They let Kerry be Kerry. Which, to be fair, if you're going to hire Jim Carrey, you're better off doing that rather than stifle him. This was kind of a comeback for Jim Carrey as well, Very wasn't it? He's been um, he'd gone, gone for a few years. Well, he done it. So he did a series of serious films because he wanted to be taken seriously, and then he tried coming back to comedy with Kick Ass Two, and but then he got upset because um, there was a lot of gun violence in schools and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he spoke out against Kick Ass Two, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he did it because he thought it would be fun, and then gun violence in america increased and there was a lot of talk about you know people emulating violence from films and tv so he changed his mind on it and then as you say instead of helping its run to try and get people into cinemas spoke publicly against the film saying he regrets doing it because of the you know child violence etc mm. i still i disagree with him on that because i don't think people watched kick ass to him and you know what i'll Kit your shit, out of people. But, you know, I, what, that, that was his perspective. Yeah. And I think that put the nail in the coffin of him a little bit for a I while because people we were like, okay, we're going to distance ourselves from this. I think he also um, had, and we won't go into this because it's not that sort of podcast, but I think he had some issues in his personal life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he might have lost his partner. I think she might have passed away. I think, yeah, th- th- um, I, know, I know he's been through quite a rigmarole. He's, um, you know, I, I don't envy him some of the stuff he's gone through. No. Um, you know, so, uh, so I think he took some time, but I think also the industry wanted a bit of distance from him because of the whole Well, We're not hiring an actor at the price we pay. Jim Carrey doesn't, doesn't come cheap Yeah, um, for him to then turn around and go, don't watch the movie. I'm in. Yeah. Um, so I think there was a bit of distance there. This, as you say, this is a comeback for him. And I think that's, that's part of it as well. It's like a nineties brand being revived for well, modern cinema I, and they've revived a nineties icon. Yeah. I think, it. I think he has said in interviews since that. I think he's credited this film with reviving his passion for acting because I think I think he basically I think not only was it that studios weren't hiring him mm. I think he'd kind of burnt out Go, yeah gone off the idea of being an actor anymore mm. um, and he, I think this yeah I think what it is a me. lot of directors like a lot of very strict control over how a, a ca- character is performed and Jim Carrey is at his best whether you like it or not when he's a loose cannon yeah um, and while I think some elements of it could have been reined in, in this film, I can understand if, again, you don't hire Jim Carrey and go, no, don't do anything extra. Just do what I tell you. Because he's not that kind of an actor. You hire him to give you extra. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, uh, again, so we've we've discussed what we think of Jim Carrey. Um, I personally like him in this film, um, but, yeah, there are elements where it's like he's just doing Jim Carrey rather than doing Robotnik in this scene. It's normally more outlandish modes, but fine. Um, So he sends out drones to try and track Sonic, uh, and Sonic realises that, the military is after him. So he uh, collects what he can before leaving his den because he's going to use the rings to go to the mushroom planet, despite the fact that he really doesn't want to because there's no one else there who'll be on his own. One of the things he picks up is a cowboy hat with a star on the front. What's interesting about that hat is I think it's actually a reference to the Sonic the Hedgehog 1996 movie. Yeah, Because Knuckles has that hat, only to have it burnt away by lava at the end. Yeah. <laughs> huh? My hand's on fire! Help! And I'm like, I'm pretty certain it's the same design, so it's the same bloody hat um so yeah that was quite fun but in order to escape he ends up having to run away from his den and he hides in uh, james marsden's shed and james marsden thinks it's the raccoons again coming digging through the garbage so he picks up a tranquilizer gun to go and take care of, like to scare off the raccoons and inside he finds sonic and shoots him with the dart. Now, we know this scene was definitely done with the old graphics for Sonic because it was what was in the trailer <laughs> when he screams, ah! and you see the teeth. You're like, no, no. Um, it looks fine in the finished movie, so you'll be happy to know. No nightmares for your children there. Um, but when he, get, he gets shot with a tranquilizer gum, drops the bag of rings, looks at James Marston's T-shirt, which says San Francisco, and you go, San Francisco... The ring opens a portal to San Francisco above this triangle build, a pyramid building, um, and the bag of rings drops on top of the building, and then the portal closes. Uh, so now we know where we're going to be going for the for the rest of the film. Sonic's travelling to San Francisco to get, to rings. get his rings, um, and I think the dial when when Sonic wakes up. In the flat. Uh, To be fair, the the dialogue between James Marsden and Sonic is quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much improv could have been done with this, because obviously it's a CGI animation. James Marsden does it. He does a really good job. When you see that there's a deleted scene, which, again, is irrelevant to the rest of the film, It, it doesn't really add anything, but James Marsden is talking to Sonic... But they've got like the like the, a really unpolished beta version yeah. of the old Sonic design, moving like mm. kind of janky animation, no real texture to it. There's mm. certain points where even though Sonic's behind James Marsden, he appears in front of James yeah. Marsden, uh, so like it looks a bit off. But like, when you see those things, you sit—you literally sit there realising that James Arden is talking to literally air yeah. and he's doing a really good job of it. I do wonder if they did it how they do Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So actually Rocket Raccoon is voiced by Bradley Cooper, yes. but they don't pay to have Bradley Cooper on set. He just does the voice. Mm. But on set, so everyone has an eyeline, they do have it. It's actually James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. He wears a green suit, a green morph suit, right. and plays the physical Rocket Raccoon right do did they do you know did I they have, have no someone idea. in a green suit uh, they're not in the cutouts i think it's just air fair enough um, um but yeah let's quickly talk because we haven't we've talked about jim cable we haven't talked about james marsden or ben schwartz no um i think james marsden's he's one of those actors who kind of got again? he got a <laughs> bit of a raw deal because mm. he was in x-men yeah, which was, was Psychos, one of the first yeah one of yeah. the first big superhero franchises and kind of got crowded out of that by Hugh Jackman. Not not Hugh Jackman's fault. No, no, no. It's no, just Wolverine is inherently a much cooler character yeah. than Cyclops And then is. they killed him right at the start of the third film, so there was no yeah. return for he's him. He's also in Superman Returns, briefly. Yep. Um, and he's just one of those actors who I think is good, mm. but hasn't quite cottoned on. For some reason, like yeah, uh, and Ben Schwartz speaking I hope of he space on from this though because he does I do he's doing a good job. job. Was, yeah, I, I've got no issues with Ben's no. performance um, at all. And we mentioned Space Force; it's a guy from Space Force who plays Sonic, which yes. is interesting. Ben, ben Schwartz, Schwartz plays the young guy who's constantly trying to. He's like, the social do, media yeah. manager. Yeah, um, and he's good in that. But he, yeah, yeah he does a good so. job with Sonic here. I know Ben Schwartz from a few things. He's also in; he's a recurring character in Parks and Recreation, the sitcom. Right. Okay, uh, seen that. He's a great great character he is the son of henry winkler's character right and he's a super spoiled rich boy <laughs> um and he's also so he's in, not acting i'm joking <laughs> he's also in a very good comedy drama series called house of lies mm. with Kristen bell and don cheadle oh, okay uh, it's a very good show i've never seen the ending of it because they never released the final dvd oh, box set I in them in britain so i might have to import yes import not let's pirate say, let's say import um import through the seven seas that's a typical showtime <laughs> series though in the sense that it's very funny but mm. it's also very adult right i mean gotcha. I, if i remember right it literally starts with don cheedle's bare ass yeah right okay um next to another woman's bare ass mm. no don Cheadle is sleeping on her bare ass okay. that's literally the first shot of the show <laughs> <laughs> and you're like you go don Cheadle, dong cheedle <laughs> dong don- uh, but, uh, so i mean did you have any opinions on ben schwartz no i just his wanted to say that i liked him. i no, think they did, probably, well. They both did very um, well he he sounds close enough to the game version of sonic
1: mm. um,
0: he's clearly doing his whilst, own thing with whilst it. whilst having us, but, his own version yeah. of it uh, he doesn't sound completely different like no. not not like for example when the upcoming mario movie comes out and mario is chris pratt (laughs) that's gonna i'll tell you what anyone who says that the super mario brothers movie from 1993 is garbage i i i guarantee you it will be miles better than the one that's coming out this year i haven't seen anything of it but the fact that they're casting people who don't have the right voices as standard and then going no they're just using their normal voices go screw yourself yeah there's like no no sorry chris Pratt normal voice does not equal Mario. It's a shame Bob Hoskins is dead. Bob Oskins. is really I don't think really Bob Hoskins agreed to from... it after his first... So is <laughs> yeah, Captain Lou Barno. Oh, yeah. All the great Marios apart from... and um, It's annoying because they've James got... Gandolfini's dead. He'd have been a good Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, any Italian-American. Why Why? why not casting... an Italian-American? Yeah, why yeah. are they casting, you know, whiter than white Chris Pratt? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to go back to my default argument then. If you can't make a film good, just make everyone Schwarzenegger. <laughs> or Ben Schwartz. It's ben a me, Neger. Mario. It's a me, Mario. Ah, what do you mean, Princess Peach is in another castle? I just went to, like, five castles. <laughs> or do Sylvester Stallone just dribble (laughs) I am the plumber (laughs) drop your weapon I am the law (laughs) this is terrible let's carry on with the film right so Robotnik turns up at Marsden's home Um, this is a good scene this is is one of Robotnik's best scenes Robotnik knows Sonic must be there because he scanned a footprint on the outside of the building, which, like in the mud, which is clearly Sonic's. And the dialogue here is really great. One of the lines I want to h- highlight here is, uh, Robotnik says, I was spitting out formulas while you were still spitting up formula. I was breastfed, actually. Nice rub that in my orphan face yeah i was like that's a great line that's a great line <laughs> yeah but it was also it's for some reason it's unnecessary breastfeeding in a sonic film again then we can get married and live out the rest of our happy lives together sarah <gasps> <gasps> Dr. The viral robot, the I, I, here's the thing. I'm, Again. I, yeah, I didn't expect to remember that. I didn't expect there to be another breastfeeding line in another <laughs> Sonic film. The only two we've done of Sonic Media, and both are have, include breastfeeding somewhere. I wager that, even though I don't know, I reckon maybe AOSTH, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, the comedy series of Sonic from the early 90s, will probably have breastfeeding referenced somewhere in it, just because it's so zany that it wouldn't put it past mm. them. I don't think Satam ever references. It's just an awkward coincidence. It's just an odd thing to be in a like that. Something an odd recurrence to be in a Sonic franchise. (laughs) Um, To be fair, it's not. At least it's just a witty quip rather than being what it was in '96, which was literally showing a woman breastfeeding a baby robotic yeah Uh, you're right it is a good it is a good way of making because when he first says nice I was like because there's a gap (laughs) there's a gap isn't there between him saying nice and then rub that in my orphan face when he just says nice I was like oh oh he's 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 got a boner he's fantasising about it yeah I'll be honest when I watched this in the cinema I've only watched it twice once in the cinema and then last night to to, to get ready for this when he said uh, rub that in my orphan face I literally laughed out loud I was yeah. like this is a great line nice but like the banter is great there's a few bits where he acts like an actual robot which I wasn't keen on well yeah like, just we're just like <laughs> and, and then I was a bit yeah. like you're not just because your name's Robotnik you're not an actual robot yeah he does that a few times I don't know where he's got that from but whatever I wonder if Jim Carrey ever played the game he didn't but his daughter was a massive fan which is why he took the role right um but yeah. it always is with these kinds of films, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's all, Tommy Lee was... Jones in Batman don't like it, but my daughter, yeah. liked, well, I think my son likes it. So That's I why Dennis it. Hopper did Mario. Yeah, because he's, his son liked the game. And when his son went, Dad, why were you in that horrible Mario film? He says, well, son, because you need to choose. Mm. And his son apparently said, but Dad, I don't need to choose that badly. <laughs> 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 uh, there seems to be, yeah, it, it seems very unlikely to find it maybe it will get less and less unlikely as time goes on but certainly over the last 20 years twenty thirty years it's been rare for an actor to know a video game property before or even a comic property yeah. before taking it on um i think the only one i can really think of that knows the material when he gets involved is um what's his name he plays uh oh he plays superman and he's in the witcher um, oh, Henry Cavill! Henry yeah. Cavill—he's yeah. like the only like pure nerd um, superhero or like, sort of actor. I think Sienna Guillory knew Resident Evil when she did Jill Valentine. Yes, yeah, so you can tell by the way she performs it. um yeah. I uh, there's a guy who is it? There's a guy. I think it's someone who hasn't played one but keeps campaigning to play one. Right. I think it might be Batista. Is yeah, campaigning he, to do Gears of War yeah, and he's yeah. played it. Yeah yeah he keeps on he keeps on trying to get that film made with him in it and i don't know why it doesn't take off because I, that would work yeah <laughs> he's, I said on, he's I, the I said, closest to that inhuman body shape that there is I said on one of our previous episodes didn't I I want Batista and I want other, another WWE wrestler Chris Jericho yeah. as Baird uh, oh. although I say WWE he's actually with AEW now but you know what I mean um, <laughs> I, I don't know why they haven't done Gears of War I think Gears of War is it's one of th- the most adaptable yeah it's visually interesting enough and there is enough deep lore yeah. in the franchise it's cinematic by design even if you didn't adapt one of the games even if you did one of the backstories, because yeah. there's plenty of expanded universe material with Gears there of War. There always are with these things. I mean, even Perfect Dark had expanded universe, and that's like as much as I love Perfect Dark, it's only got well four games. Ten, no, well, four, the fourth one is in development, but that's gone through. Oh, I thought there was only own. two. No, there's three, uh, but one is non-canon. Um, oh. Yeah, you've got perfect. The original Perfect Dark on the N64 that's perfect canon. Zero. Zero, which is uh, a prequel, which is. Technically canon, though parts are a bit wank. Uh, the script is bad. And then you've got uh, Perfect Dark on the Game Boy Color. Um, which is considered non-canon, uh, and then there's the new Perfect Dark that's in development, uh, which is changed from a cyberpunk to a solarpunk style game. Solarpunk, yeah. Um, I assume that involves a lot of sun. Yeah, so it's, it's very deserty and lot, you know lots of things. I was like, oh, I like the cyberpunk elements of it. Yeah. Really. Um But the main thing I liked about Perfect Dark that was better than any other, like in terms of its story, and still holds up they don't focus on for some reason is that it was weapons manufacturers versus other weapons manufacturers. And you never knew who to really trust. Um, And I, I kind of wish they'd gone down that road really, like, sort of, a, a bit more yeah. of an intellectual story in that regard, rather than just a, you know, the world could be greener. Yeah. But that, I mean, that new game is having loads of problems, loads of people are leaving the studio and just walking what out. studio is it? I can't remember. Oh, fair it's, it's owned by Microsoft as a wow. property, so it's one of their internal studios, but so. I, I, I've been avoiding it, because the teaser we saw didn't entice me. I was like, yeah. I love Perfect... I mean, you can... Jamie can tell you what I've got on my shelves, like, and, and I can show more than what I've got on display. I've got literally... A Barbie doll of Joanna Dark. He has a laser disc of Super Mario Brothers. Well, that's not perfect, Dark, is it? But yeah, I do, it's the Japanese LaserDisc because it had a better front cover artwork. Um, I've got a mint-in-box version of Perfect Dark on the N64. I've got the vinyl soundtrack. I've actually got the CD soundtrack and a German techno remix soundtrack. German uh, Yeah, of the original remix. Perfect Dark. I've got the books. I've got all the comics in every variation, all split up, also in the books, and also with Holster the... poster in the hallway. I've got a big poster for uh, Perfect Dark Zero in the hallway. I've got the official mouse mat. That was given away at game shows. Uh, I've got loads and loads of... Per- and I've got even some um, Swedish Coke cans that advertised Perfect Dark Zero with Joanna Dark on the front. Uh, one's Cherry Coke and one's Normal Coke. And, Have you never uh, drunk them? No, no, they were empty when I got them. I just bought them Uh-oh. for the design of the can because has Joanna Dark on it. Look, I went through craze, right? But there's- <laughs> yeah, I going to say, that's intense fandom. Mate, I love it. I love Perfect Dark as a concept. Um mm so yeah I'm a big fan but as soon as I saw the new one I was like the trait teaser they showed I was like doesn't look anything like the game that like even perfect Dark zero looked closer to what I wanted yeah. the fact that it was written like a bowler wank doesn't change the fact that it at least looked aesthetically yeah. a bit more like what I'd expect anyway that's that so we've got uh, we're at Re- oh yeah James Marsden then punches Robotnik so in order to get rid of him he punches him in the face and then he and Sonic have to fight a drone which is going to shoot them dead um, and then they drive away in uh, James Marsden's car. Uh, and then Agent Stone, which is like the, the lackey to Robotnik, instead of chasing after them, goes inside the house to see if Jim Carrey's like right, Robotnik's all right. I just saw a guy race out of here and thought that you should stop them. Open your mouth and say you thought that you should stop them he braids him, and he grabs so, his tongue, it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, grab, he grabs him by the mouth, pulls him in, and he goes. No, I thought that maybe I should check to see if you were okay. <laughs> you know what's hard about being the smartest person in the world? Everyone else is stupid. stupid. Yes, way to go! You got that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was a nice bit of back. It's like this of when I like him as Robotnik. Yeah. Um, bits where he goes a little bit more sinister yeah uh, once he's in his flying contraption at the end he feels yeah. a lot more like robot yes he does there's it's the bits where he's dancing yeah that's the worst bit that's... That how that hasn't been cut from the film i don't know not only because it's not right for the character it's completely irrelevant to the film yeah i think it's literally they left it in there because well kids will find this funny won't they because it's silly man dancing silly um, and they do it in all the films. I mean, even Sonic does the floss in this, which was popular for all of five minutes, and now has dated already. That's a let alone... thing in it, yeah, and it's already dated. And you knew it would. You knew the floss would date within a year, and it did. And now it looks like the floss. No one cares. Um, but yeah, so. It jumps to night time. I did notice that was an odd cut. They're driving away at daytime. James Marsden and Sonic have a conversation. Yeah, he does the world's largest ball of twine gag done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So they have this conversation. It's clearly daytime, like middle of the day. And then the next shot is them pulling up to a bar in the middle of the night. And there's no explanation as to why there's that bigger time jump uh But for what? Obviously, they've travelled across America. Maybe we just don't appreciate the distance and time because we're in the UK. And if you'd been driving all the way from middle of the day to middle of the night, you'd probably be in Scotland rather than anywhere else. No, you you could drive the yeah. entire length of our country in one day, can't? You? Easy, yeah. It's so long as traffic was on your side, easy. um Whereas, yeah, in America, obviously, he travelled all that time and he hadn't reached the other side. And so, us were just like. What have they been doing, sodding around for those hours? But obviously they probably have been driving. It's just we don't appreciate the distance. So as Marston goes to use the payphone, uh, there's a biker rally outside the bar, and they like they're doing tricks on motorbikes, and there's like f- monster trucks and stuff like that. And Sonic can't help himself, and he goes in. Yeah, this was a weird. Um... A weird thing they've done with Sonic's personality in this is they've made him really scatterbrained and very attention deficit. Yeah, he's he's very easily distracted. Yeah, because maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I don't think I am. Sonic's actually a pretty chilled out person. Like in most Sonic games, he's he's relaxed. He just seems to want to snooze. Well, yeah. So I mean, I need chili dogs. Yeah, it depends on the medium you watch. Um, but in general, Sonic is meant to be a bit more chillax. Yeah, uh, there there he's are cool. there are adaptations of him where he's a bit more. Uh, I wouldn't. Here's the thing: he's a bit more manic, but I I don't think I've ever seen him quite as manic as this. No, he's, he's hyperactive. Yeah, this, very isn't very hyperactive throughout the film. Um, so he goes into the bar and he gets caught up with um, by Marsden. Marsden's been on the phone to his friend at the police force. But it turns out that Robotnik's already there, and they've wiretapped the the phone. Uh, and then he Robotnik tells the the dumbass that runs the police station outside of James Marsden. Don't be bothered. You just sit there and be you. Sless, which I don't think actually worked quite as well as it should have done as a line. You sit yeah, there and be it's you. Fucking it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good line. Uh, so that's a potential for worse line. I think there's another worse one later, but we'll see. Um, Marsden realises Sonic's in the bar, goes in there, and Sonic wants to live a little. He realises he's never done a bucket list. He writes a bucket list of things to do. Marsden goes, you know what? We've got an hour. Why don't we just go and enjoy ourselves? So there's a montage of them enjoying themselves, and then Sonic ends up picking a fight uh, with a big guy in the bar. Well, the guy tries to start a fight with them, but rather than leave, Sonic decides to take the fight to this guy. Yeah. And this is where we get the first time that Sonic does like a proper slowdown, and the whole world seems to stop, but Sonic can move around quite freely. Uh, And he rearranges everything in the fight to, you know, win in their favor. So basically all as Marsden sees, someone punches him in the face. And then as he goes to, you know, fight back, all of a sudden everyone's been decked. Yeah. Um, This is very similar to um, Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past. Right. This is how they represent his speed is by actually having everyone else slow almost to a standstill. And then he runs around and repositions everybody. Yeah so they all knock each other out. okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, Sonic eats a chilli dog during this section, which is a reference back to Sonic SATAM and mostly Sonic AOSTH uh, from the early 90s. I mean, the chilli dog thing is stuck, and I don't really know why. It was never written in any of the games. It's just something that's become part of his character now because of yeah, the uh, additional where, media to the point where it's in sonic generations yeah so it's now in the games but like in retrospect it wasn't you know there was there was no point in sonic one we're like oh i've got better stop at the chili dog stand um i don't even know what chili dog is it's just a hot dog with chili on it it's i a suppose hot dog with chili on it yeah okay fair enough. Uh, do you know bobby joe's restaurant on the seafront yes they do a phenomenal chili dog there well, i would know i don't even they know. also do a lovely barbecue pork <laughs> one do they do a vegetarian no, version? Which you would know if you would just do what the rest of us do and murder helpless animals. Do they do a vegetarian... No wonder option? you don't side with Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, I think they have vegetarian options. Oh, well, I can do that then. They do And it's exactly the same. <laughs> they do wonderful milkshakes. You're a wonderful milkshake. Wonderful. They're Snickers milkshake. Do they bring all the boys to the yard? It, it, it brings my boys to the yard. <laughs> all right, all right. That's a bit more than I... <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's the secret ingredient Your boy's in the yard. (laughs) You're dipping your balls into your milkshake. I meant jizzball, right? Oh, well... (laughs) See how interesting it is. You can interpret the same statement two different ways. You you might try and keep this... uh family friendly level but I will always drag it down Perhaps, well if you don't drag it down I will with my dirty minded talk so they win this fight and then they leave uh, and then the next day Robotnik's there he's chased them to, like tracked them basically to the bar and he throws the guy through the window Yeah. because he won't give up any information uh, or he ha- I think he, he has the, the robots do it yeah he has the robots do it and as he walks out with Agent Stone he goes now that's what I call good cop bad cop and he holds out his hand for like a high five or a low five and so Agent Stone goes to give him a low five and as he as like slides his hand down Robotic pulls away his hand and then punches Agent Stone in the yeah. throat. <laughs> left herself open. <gasps> yeah, this was... That was just like, what are you just, doing? Hey, left yourself open. <laughs> I actually liked it. I thought that was funny. Oh, it made me laugh because <laughs> it's, it's such a dick move. Yeah. Uh, that that to me suits Robotnik. He would do a dick move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like give me a high five and then punches the guy in the throat, um, and that's his mate. <laughs> uh, so Robotnik then catches up to them on the road and attacks them. He's got like this uh, tank-style vehicle. Sonic spin dashes and overturns it, uh, and when he gets up from the spin dash, because apparently he's never really actually done that before, he goes, I guess I had a bonus life. Yay. That's a bad line. That's yeah. a bad line. That's so a bad it's, about, line. it's an extra life. No, it's a bad line. Okay. To be fair, Sonic never breaks a TV and gets invincible. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I think that's a wrong message to kids. Um, Robonic's tank ejects a smaller robot which looks kind of more like a, almost more like a crab or or, or a spider. Um, And it chases after them and shows that, throws out these disks exploding disks. Sonic throws the disks on the robot and destroys it. It then breaks into a unicycle robot. And that chases after them and tries to spike the tyres. This is really, this robot is really just a Matroshka doll. It is, it really is. It's like, it's all a Russian doll, just like. Yes, yeah, that's, the... that's what they're called. Oh, okay. Yeah, their proper name is Matryoshka. Because Russian dolls don't, Russian people don't call them Russian dolls. Why not? B- because they are Russian. It's like Chinese people. <laughs> Why not just people, call them dolls? It's like Chinese people don't call Chinese and food dolls. are food. American dolls. <laughs> yeah, it's called, they're called Matroshka dolls. Matroshka dolls. Do they invade Ukraine? No, there's. <laughs> Oh, like that's political. They li- anyway. Uh, I'll I'll see you. I'll see you in a week when you've been exposed to radium somehow. <laughs> Probably already have to be honest. That's, my cough hasn't <laughs> gone away. Uh, so you're in <laughs> Yeah, no, in it. It's when they scan my. They've done an X-ray on my lungs, and that's when they find the plutonium. Am I am I wrong in thinking this? You might not know. During the Cold War, wasn't there actually? Didn't the Russians kill someone by um, they'd dipped the end of an umbrella in radioactive yes. and then they stabbed, and they stabbed them with it. Yeah. I think they just stabbed their foot or something, but it was enough to get the they give them radiation poisoning. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that's true. Um I've heard it, at least if if not, we've both heard the same bullshit. Yeah, we might have heard propaganda. <laughs> um, so Marsden smashes the unicycle robot and it ejects a tiny bug which cuts the top off the car and then uh attaches itself to Sonic to explode. They managed to just about get rid of it, but Sonic doesn't leave in time, which makes no sense to me. He just sort of stands in front of it, going, "Yeah, I'm sure glad we got rid of that." So, Clearly, it's going to blow up. What are you doing? Um, so it blows up, and Sonic is at that point where he's super injured. This is the same point where I say this is essentially the same storyline in terms of its element beats to Detective right. Pikachu. Yeah, that happens in Detect. Not not an explosion as such, but no, but something happens, and and the um, animal wrote like the animal threat companion. Uh, the witty, is, banterous animal companion on is his injured. Yeah, and it, this is the cry moment. Oh, no, please don't leave me, Pikachu. or oh, please don't leave me, Sonic. No, don't do this. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's not quite as... It's played harder for the tears, I think, in Detective Pikachu, but it's still the same story beat. Yeah. Um, it, there's a lot in... If you were to run them side by side, Sonic and Detective Pikachu have essentially the same story beats. They just change the elements. Like, That's The actual really story interesting. beats itself is the same. And it's fine because they're both good stories, but I wonder like if they found like they've obviously found a way in which to make this work. But if they do it too much, it will kill him because I can only watch that story so many times. Sonic has the better villain. Yes. The, the 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 problem with Detective Pikachu, as we talked about when we did that episode, is first of all it's a detective film that's not a detective film. Yep. Uh, but also the villain isn't. Even though it's super obvious who the villain is, the villain isn't actually established until the end of the film. No. Whereas Robotnik is present throughout this movie. Yeah. And and he, even even so, like even even if they were only in the film the same amount of time, Jim Carrey's performance is more standout. Bill, like not Bill Nye. He's yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye yeah, is mutant. very very good, but he's playing a, a, a like a, a nun, not undercooked, what's it called? An under... Written um, villain. Yeah, and so he, he doesn't have as much villainy to do. He's also yeah. not necessarily trying to kill anyone. No, I remember us talking, was about, talking about, that. about that. We yeah. were like, his motives are in. not that bad. No, I mean, like, I still wouldn't want it. But at the same time, it's like well, it is reversible. Well, I think it depends it's... how unlucky you are with which Pokemon you get. Like, no no one wants to get stuck as like a, a tongue or a Magikarp. No. But imagine being a Machamp. Yeah, I still don't imagine, be what, a imagine what imagine what you could do with all four of them arms. <laughs> <laughs> what, disappoint four women at the same time? <laughs> <You> <laughs> As I do that. anyway. Um, I say in the campus tone, I can't believe I did that. Anyway, I, I absolutely love pleasuring the ladies. Um, <laughs> and you on, wonder why people think you're gay when you talk some, like that. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> they, they obviously don't understand how straight I am. <laughs> I've lost where we are now. You bugger. I'll Sonic's Sonic. injured, they go to... Uh, they go to Pretzel Lady's yes. sister's house Robot- in San Fran. We get a scene of Robotnik realising, like, he, even though he loses the, the tank and all of the subsequent little bits, he, re- re- he finds Agent Stone still has Sonic's quill in his quill. pocket and it's glowing. So he knows that. Like, he st- basically, all the dancing shit that we mentioned a little bit ago, he does all of that while he's analysing the quill. Yeah. Um, we get one good shot in his. He's in a big truck, isn't it? Yeah, he? it's a bit. It's like it looks like I, a tour think, bus. Yeah, he's going on tour. Um, I think it's slightly designed to, re, uh, even though it's not a, an accurate representation of it. I think it's designed to somewhat resemble the gun truck from Sonic Adventure Two. Yeah, we. Um... We do get one good shot in that sequence though, which is the bit where Eggman is standing sorry, Robotnik. Mm. He's standing up in the you can see his final machine behind him. Yes. And the camera kind of does a three sixty rotation. Yes, that is That's a, cool a very shot. good shot. That is a cool shot. I thought you were gonna mention the bit where he's like doing the fake skiing. And I thought that would be your favourite shot. That was the best part of the dance, I will admit, because <laughs> he times it very well. Yeah, he's very oh yeah, yeah, he does a very good job with that. Probably would have wrote a dancing movie with Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage, Jim Carrey. Remake <laughs> Footloose with I, Jim I want Carrey a dancing movie with Jim, Ca- Jim, Cage? Jim, Jim, Jim C- oh Cage. Jim Cage? Jim um, Carrey. Nick Cage, Jim Cage. Anyway, so Robotnik analyses the quill uh, and it blows up the power in his lab, and that's where we see the switches that have Evil Lab and Bad Nick's written on them. Uh, and then it comes up that Sonic's quill has unlimited power. That's important because he uses the quill then to power his machines. It's over 9,000! 9, 9, Which is a terrible series. <clears throat> Just to upset any anime fans. I do think <laughs> I've said on this show before that it is <laughs> definitely me, I'm Ill. an overly filler filled uh, yeah, show. Yeah, no, that's why I didn't watch it. We've we've spoken about Dragon Ball yeah. Z before. Um so As Son- you can hear, by the way, Rory is still ill. I'm still uh, yeah, I've just had my chest X rayed so, hopefully they'll find out yeah, what's wrong with you. Apparently the green herb I gave him to smoke didn't work. No, but I've got some green herbs in Maybe, chewable form. Maybe we need do some. Do you want some uh, chewable her- green herbs? I'm good, thanks. My, <laughs> my health's at fine, my friend. See my <laughs> little, clearly not. My little health bar I think I've here? still got poison. No, I think you're on orange caution. <laughs> I need a blue plant. Yes, I'll find you some blue herb. Um, First aid spray. Yeah, but anyway, I don't really have churbles. So I was only joking. <laughs> just realised that might be might be getting the law on my back. So, uh, Marsden takes Sonic to his wife's sister's place. I don't, I never call her name is, either. This this is a bit of lazy writing because this is that typical. Oh, the sister in law doesn't like him. You're not good enough for my. But, but there's no reason. There's for no reason, it. and she's just. This is a Hollywood trope. Mm. She's the generic, loud, fat black lady. Little baby Jesus. What is that, Tom? Is it plutonium? Is it emails? Yes, it's plutonium. This <laughs> is why I told you he was no good. I'm, I'm not engaging. That You're not engaging. You no, quit it. No, it's unlocked. And has how he how he he has he he He's like, oh, hell no, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, you ain't going to yeah, bring that they, thing into my house. Yeah, they've definitely... And The thing as well is, like... I mean, I don't mind that because it doesn't affect me, but I'm sure a lot of the black community would feel very differently yes. about that. But the the, the the problem I have with it is that if you're going to do that, even like as as much as you probably shouldn't, even if you are going to go with that, you at least need to have, even if it's only small, some tiny justification that she wouldn't like him. Yeah. You know, he's done something in the past, or that he, you know, she just feels there's something about him, and that you have to explain at what least, that is, or at least make her actually funny. Because she's clearly a comic relief character, but she's not funny. Here's the irony with her character. I find her funny in a few couple of areas, and it's the times where she understates the performance rather than overplays it. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of times, like, right near the end, when she's still tied to the chair and the daughter's running around. Go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Jojo, put on my Fitbit. I can at least get some steps. That's quite funny, and the way she does it is really funny, but this, this is kind of where it falls into modern movie making and TV making tropes of loud equals funny. I can't stand that type of humor because yeah. like, don't get me wrong. Loud can be funny, but yeah. it depends what you're being loud about and what you're saying and what you're doing with it. Just being loud does not immediately make it funny. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think her character is a, a massive, unfortunate consequence of loud equals funny writing. Um, the sister is, they tie the sister to the chair, as I've said, and her daughter goes and gets... Makes, doesn't make him shoes, but she gets him a pair of shoes... That are closer to the ones he's got in the game. Yeah, and that those are the ones he'll wear for the rest of it. So they go to the Transamerica building, which is the pyramid building that the rings fell onto. Oh, hang on, there is the bit... There's the bit that I remember from the trailer where earlier in the film, um, Tom has said that his best friend is his dog. Yes. And there's the bit where he's like... So... You're supposed to be Tom's best friend that he won't shut up about. Well, I don't see the appeal. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> that is very gross! Yeah, I didn't like that. No? No. It was in the trailer. It's scene. a pointless scene. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a pointless scene. It doesn't add anything... And it wasn't funny, funny, really very funny. Hmm. And the problem is it's a dog. No, I'm joking. I'm only joking. I actually didn't mind that it was a dog. It was just a case of... I, I just didn't find it funny myself. But yeah. that, I, I didn't care because it was very short. Didn't affect the film viewing for me, to be honest. Um, so... They go into the Transamerica building. James Marsden says there's a jumper on the roof, you know, but I'm from the police. I'm going to, you know, if you let me through, I can go and this say This bit me. is funny. Yes. So they're waiting outside the lift. Now he's got Sonic in a, like a sports like a bag. bag. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. And he's got his wife with him, the, the nameless wife. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's Erica. I want to say it's Erica. I don't want to say it's Erica in case it's not Erica. Should we IMDB it? No, I'm busy. Uh, so... We'll just call it the wife. Uh, the wife, the sister, the daughter, uh, the Sonic. Not all, not all his, she's not all of those to him. To be fair, that would be a very <laughs> be weird, a the, very Mormon relationship. Though, when Sonic says, how much longer? I can't breathe in here. And this uh, woman next to them goes, Hello, anybody there? Do you have your child in that bag? No. I mean, yes, it's a child, but it's not mine. It's not your child. Relax, I'm a cop, okay? Well, he likes it in there, don't you, buddy? Why would I like it in here? This is worse than the dog cage you had me in earlier. Such a kidder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's quite a lot of banter in there, which I find, like, that whole scene works really well. Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, when, he let, when they get to the roof... And let Sonic out. There's a pair of pants on Sonic's head that are for, like, tidy whities that are clearly CGI, and they look terrible. Mm. And now, to be fair, of all the things to worry about CGI-wise in this film, who cares about a pair of pants? It's just, I looked at it and went, those look like crap. (laughs) But that's all. Nothing important. Uh, So this is something that I thought was unearned. They try... uh, The wife character tries to do, a like, a, a mocking of masculinity... In the scene, which is, like, you two are so cute when they're deciding that they have to say goodbye. So yeah. That's it. We did it. Yeah, well, we did it. Hey, sorry we didn't get to do everything on your bucket list, pal. It's okay. I did the ones I needed the most. <laughs> you two. Are so cute. Like Oh please. What? Like we are not. No, we're not cute. We are a couple of loose cannons, just living by our own rules. Exactly. Really? Yeah. And our rules include expressing heartfelt emotions. If you say so. Okay, then. All right. Um, you gotta go, right? I, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta so. go. I we gotta go too. So, see, all right, bye-bye. Yeah. Like, we're men we can't say we miss yeah. each other but here's the thing that's not warranted in this scene because they were both actually saying what they felt that they would miss each other and that it was goodbye and so the rip didn't work it wasn't like you know in order for that to work you need to be having guys who are overly hyper masculine or machismo um Trying to actually, you know, sit always put in on the bravado. Mm. Neither of these characters has done that. Yeah. So it feels unearned, and as such, I'll just say, like, no, that's a dick thing to say when these two people are having an emotional moment. Mm. Like, imagine if you like, if you had a girlfriend, you have an emotional moment with her, and I just come and go. Go get a room, guys. It's like we're in a room. Like, fuck off. Like, yeah. it, it's one thing if it's just something how did you get into but, my house yeah, exactly <laughs> it's it's like it, it just didn't work in this sequence i don't think like i, I don't mind the idea but it, you need to build up for that sort of a, a comeback to work um as sonic throws a ring it bounces off one of Robotnik's drones and uh robotic turns up in his flying machine Uh, now this flying machine doesn't look anything like any of the ones from the game, but that doesn't really bother me, Um, obviously they've gone with a a more unique design that fits in with the kind of more generic look of all the drones and other robots Um, Robotnik has a line here it's the government whack job who keeps trying to kill us unsuccessfully, nice for you to swing by on your way to Comic Con Yeah, what are you wearing? it's a flight suit Designed to modulate my body temperature and reduce drag. Yeah, and yet you still are one. Ooh, good one. You are catching fire, Thomas. Oh, and speaking of heat, I see you've taken a lover. Does she have a name, or should we just call her collateral damage? Hey, watch your mouth. Unless you want a little more of what I gave you earlier. Punched him in the face. Oh, you punched him right in the face. It was awesome. The time for talking is over. It's time to push buttons. The time for talking is over. It's time to push buttons. I like that line. Yeah, yeah. This is a good scene. This is yeah. one of Eggman's better scenes. Is this the one where he um, he says something evil and then he taps on the side of his Yes, there He goes... Yeah, those sort of over-the-top flourishes work within the character, Yeah, whereas dancing in a room doesn't. This is the first time where he pulls the goggles on as well, isn't it? And he starts to actually look like Robotnik a little bit more. They mock his flight suit, don't they? Yep, which is clearly designed to look... It's still not accurate to the games, but it doesn't matter. It's closer to the spirit of these outfits in the games. Yeah. Because yeah, he's point, been in all black, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been sport. wearing just like a, like trousers and... Uh, a and, shirt and a, a trench coat. Yeah, a black trench coat. Uh, and his moustache is kind of... Even at this point, it's still kind of more uh, dick dastardly than anything mm. else. Like, it's just a twiddly moustache. Um, obviously, at the very end, it turns into the more... Noticeable Robotnik moustache. During this point, Sonic has to push James Marsden and his wife off the building, destroys all of the drones, and then uses a ring to send so, Marsden just and his wife to that, back to Green Hill. This is part. This is a part of the film I have a problem with. Okay, so Eggman. Uh, sorry, so Robotnik. It took me ages, you know, when they first started calling him Eggman in the games. Yeah. It took me ages to adjust to that. Yeah. But I finally have now, and now I find it hard to call him Robotnik. Yeah, sure. Um, Robotnik launches like fifty missiles, right? Yes. And we do another slow mo scene yep. where Sonic is rearranging the missiles and stuff. But here's, yeah, here's banging here's, on them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing: when he bangs on those, they should explode. Uh, I think the the tip has to go in for a rocket to explode. Does it? Most yeah. I think a lot of rockets. Just one good knock like that would blow them. No, you have to. Th- th- there's a, a detonator on the front. Then I stand correct. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, though, it is cut somewhat plot armor because none of this is explained. And let's be honest, it, none of Robotnik's equipment functions in a real world capacity. No, so they could just have easily exploded by being tapped on with a spoon as mm. <laughs> being crushed into a building. Um, but yeah, there, there, there does seem to be. Uh, I think, in general, missiles and rockets, the nose has to crunch in, which is why right. so many of them fail. Right. If the the actual crunching mechanism doesn't function, then the rocket just stays lit, but sort of. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that's that's why yeah, there's the worry with undetonated bombs because they're still wow. actually able to go off Look, because it's just that the target mechanism has. Like the off. um, that's why they're finally going to remove the Montgomery, aren't they? Yes, uh, in our local river, the River Thames, there is a, a sunken World War Two warship called the montgomery uss montgomery yeah and it uh it was carrying a shed load of mines and bombs and stuff like that when it sunk uh and it, every now and then one floats to the beach and it has to be gotten rid of by a, a professional bomb squad uh however they've just kind of left it there to rot the problem is is at such a point where and i don't know why they didn't figure this would be the case earlier because i would have could have told you this in the 40s when it sunk eventually it will decompose to a point oh, no. where it will go off yes, they did i looked this up so basically what happened very quick history lesson i guess yeah uh, so it's an american ship yeah. that was on its way to deliver ordnance to us mm. it hit a sandbank and sunk right. the the americans being the americans went well it's your waters guess it's your problem now and we were like no no that's your boat you come and clear it up and the americans were like nah so then we were like oh great and then the government, in typical British government fashion, went, well, we're busy fighting a war, let's leave it there. Deal with it when we get back. Years. Then when they got when the war was over, they went, eh, it's going to cost a lot of money to do that. Is it going to blow, like, right now? Probably not. Then we'll let future people worry about that. Mm. <laughs> and they've continued, because they re-examine it every three years, I think it yeah. is, and they literally have just kept saying, eh, eh, until it's got to a point where they're like, no, it's very likely it will go off in the next yeah. three years. And if it goes off it will take uh, quite a bit of kent, kent and shrewsbury with it yeah. it's it's cuz it like the amount of ordnance that's in there is quite shocking I, I, apparently is it gravesend that's the town of um, kent that faces the, i think it is yeah apparently every window in that town will shatter from the force of the sonic boom wouldn't expri- wouldn't surprise me at all i'd hate to be a ship passing by nearby if because like, if it do that to something a distance away, mm. if you pass him by in a ship when it goes off. Oh boy, mm. you probably won't be anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they throw. Sonic throws the ring. They fly through and they land it in sort of a haystack in a in a barn back in Green Hills. Nice and safe. And Sonic continues his chase through San Francisco with Robotnik. And now we're all caught up with the beginning. Yeah. Um, they then go around the world. Sonic throws rings and jumps to different places in yeah, the world. Yeah, we go along the Great Wall of China. Yeah. We go up the pyramids of Egypt. Yeah, they do through all of this different stuff, using rings to travel between the countries until Sonic winds up back at Green Hills and Robotnik follows him through. Um, though somehow it's now nighttime. I was about to say, it's somehow nighttime. It's, so it's a case of, like... Marsden and his wife end up in the haystack in the day it 's clearly middle of the day when they are when yeah. they get blasted through, and it 's middle of the day in San Francisco, so I think it 's been chasing around for a, quite a short, but it's it 's a montage, but it 's a short montage yeah. uh, and Then he comes back into green hills it 's the middle of the night. James Marsden and his wife happen to be no longer in a rural um, barn they 're now in the middle of the high street of Green Hills. Yeah. Just, but they, they, they're wearing the same clothes and everything else. So was, what have they been doing for the last, what must be a minimum of six hours? Maybe the ring can also travel in time. Maybe that's a hint to something that will happen in future and how Knuckles comes back through with no family, maybe. I don't know. We'll see in the second one. Um, but it is a bit weird to go, hang on, you've just been hanging around Green Hills in the same clothes and everything for 12 hours doing nothing. Um, bit odd. So after the town turns up to defend Sonic, because Sonic's been a bit burnt out at this point, he's lying on the floor, um, James Marsden basically decides he's going to defend Sonic with his life, and because everyone in the town loves James Marsden, they uh, all turn up to defend him, as well, and they're like, "Well, you you can't have got our sheriff. and <laughs> he's our guy, and this means it's our blue blur. We're gonna do all the stuff." So, <laughs> perfect American accent there. And <laughs> the old man has a chainsaw. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a crazy Carl who's been obsessed with the the blue devil. Mm-hmm. Um, Who maybe we should call overly observant Carl? Yes, yes, that is also mentioned in the film. Uh, he attacked, So James Marsden attacks Robotnik directly, trying to punch him inside of his own ship. And then Sonic manages to get up and cut through Robotnik's ship and sends throws a ring, sending Robotnik to the Mushroom Planet. So at let's, the end let's the just slow that down a bit, because this is actually a really good part. This was the part, more than any other part of the film, this part triggered my nostalgia when they're facing off in the street. Yeah, um, like I was watching I was like, this. This is what I want a Sonic film to be. It's Sonic versus Robotnik. Robotnik's in a flying machine. Um, my only problem, and it's really, my only problem with this is I wish it was a slightly longer battle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you're right. It, it's quite dramatic. This is the part where he's best as Eggman. Yeah. Um, he's very sinister. He's like, I'm going to destroy you sort of thing. Yeah. And Sonic gets a pretty badass slam where he's like, I'm not leaving Earth. You are. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you say, throws a ring. Throws a ring, sends well, a robotic he, to he the Well, he gets James planet. Marsden to throw the ring, doesn't he? Yes, I think he does. And then Sonic basically hits the nose of the ship with so much force... Yeah, it sends it back into, yeah. through the ring and then the ring closes. Um, and yeah, so, so now Robotnik's stuck on the Mushroom Planet. He hasn't got any rings. Um, and then we cut to... Uh, and then James Marsden decides that he's going to stay in Green Hills with his wife because the one thing he wanted to move to San Francisco for was to save a life as a cop and he feels he's now already done that with Sonic. Yeah. Um, so we cut to a few days later. Middle of the day, Green Hill Zone. Uh, the Green Hill own theme plays mm. on a, like a piano as James Marsden and his wife de- redecorate. Like their a home. slowed down version, in it. Yeah. You got it up there. Yes, Mr. The manager. You get nah. that boy. <laughs> This redecorating was hilarious. Did you notice that James Marsden basic like really blatantly is not painting anything? He's just he's just rolling over a part that's already been painted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice oh, that, but yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, um, it's clearly it's clearly please. already oh, no, dried yeah, paint. Yeah. And he's just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> really useful as a cop, but not so much as a painter and decorator. Yeah. Um the government comes along, uh, the, the main government guy who chose to make Sen Robotnik in the first place, uh, and gives them a voucher for Olive Garden. That's yeah. been a recurring product place. Yes, because I forgot to say That's, that's actually, where you feel like home. Yeah, because that's actually one of my entries for Worst Line of this film. Oh, really? Is the, when, when he first says Olive Garden, because when you're there, you're okay. family. She did tell me to check your phone for dating apps. The only apps on my phone are the ones that came with it in the Olive Garden. Ah, because when you're there, your family is that meant to be a maybe it's a joke we don't get because we don't have Olive Gardens in the UK no, no, no. or I did mean, Olive that's... Garden actually pay no, no, to Oates? have a reference? Um, I probably both. Uh, I do know that the quote they used Olive Garden when you're there, your family. I believe is the slogan for the company. Yeah, like McDonald's. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know Justin Timberlake got paid something ridiculous like $5 million to make that one little do-do-do-do-do-do, do i am loving it? Oh, really? Yeah. That was JT. That was Justin Timberlake, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and he got paid something obscene, can like I five millions million? I of can dollars. Wh- I can whistle too. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> That's fuck ridiculous. You, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but it's stark, everyone knows it. Mm. So Do you remember when they used to have the song Make your day, make your way To a sign that says you're welcome No? I have no idea what you're doing That's the old McDonald's advert from the 90s Back when they still had Ronald McDonald Make your day, make your way To the sign that says you're welcome A visit to McDonald's Make your day (laughs) Don't you take away my Ronald They don't have Ronald McDonald? I want Ronald! When's the last time you saw Ronald McDonald? I want the Hamburglar. He was the Grimace. villain. Grimace was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> People still remember Grimace, though, because everyone was comparing Thanos to Grimace. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> fact, oh, I'm, su- I'm sure in Infinity War, Tony Stark calls him Grimace. Right. Or or it might be Star-Lord. Right. Someone definitely calls Thanos Grimace in the film. Fair enough. Um, so James Marsden uh, and wife show Sonic that they like he, taking him back to his den... But the den, they've basically taken all the stuff and they've put it in their attic so Sonic can yeah. live with them in the attic. Now, I'm going to reference a few things that I saw in the attic. Now, some of these may not be references, but I think they might be. These are the ones that I caught. Uh, we mentioned the Flash comics already um, because he was reading them at the beginning. They're there at the end. There's a set of maracas. Now, they are on top of a, a pair of bongos, but maracas could be a Samba de Amigo reference. <laughs> I was thinking Congo Bongo. Well, it could be Congo Bongo, but more likely Samba Di Amigo, Um Because they're on. Congo Bongo is a Donkey Kong ripoff rather than. Um, yeah, it, it's like an isometric version of Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's also a poster for Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan on the wall, uh, Paramount owns the Star Trek film license. So, uh, th- that's why they'd have the rights to put well, it in there. That line but around I, somewhere. Yeah, but I, I was, I was shocked to see it there. I was like, I know what that, is, cause I know Star Trek and I, I love the wrath of Card. I was like, hang on a minute, (laughs) I know this image. Um, So that's cool. There's a sign in there. So there's quite a lot of road signs that they do throughout the film. This one is not a reference to Sega, but you know what it's a a reference to. The sign says Roadrunner Drive. Clearly a reference to the Roadrunner from Looney Tunes. Uh, He's got a bedside lamp with a Ferrari Testarossa on it, which is possibly a reference to OutRun. It very specifically looks like an image from OutRun to me. Uh, I could be wrong. It could be an official image of a Testarossa, but I'm pretty certain it's the Ferrari from OutRun um and he's got a race car bed now that can be just what it is a race car bed but there is two other potential references it could be sonic had a race car bed in uh for a short time in the archie comics in the in america so it could be a reference to that the other thing it could be referencing is sonic's racing car from uh, sega and sonic all-stars racing mm-hmm. racing transformed and team sonic racing uh or it could just be a race car bed. You know, some of this uh, could, could be I'm looking into stuff a bit much, yeah. but there, I know that ha- I'll, I'll come to uh, the deleted scenes in a minute. Um, there's at least one reference in there that cannot be mistaken for anything but a crazy taxi reference. Um, so I know that there are these references in the film. Um, but, yeah, so there's a nice happy ending for Sonic, James Marsden, and the ref. Uh And then there's a, a post-sequence there. Uh, with Robotnik on the Mushroom Planet. Mm. Now he's bald, he's lost his hair, he's got now his mustaches sort of spread out and, and he's kind magically massive. ginger. And he's magically ginger and his mustaches are black, yeah. And he's cannibalised his own ship to build equipment to survive, basically. Yes, and he's got a literal rock that he's called Agent Stone. With a face uh, carved with, in yeah, it. Yeah, with a face carved in it. And he says, Why don't you get a head start? Ah! Do some reconnaissance! Do you like that line? No. No, is that a worst line? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a worse line. When you do some reconnaissance? But, he and he says it like three or four times yeah. throughout that end sequence. It's yeah. like, it's not that long, is he, just stop saying that. But then he actually does do the Robotnik voice at this scene, yes. doesn't he? Yeah. And he does it really well, where he's like, ah, ha, ha, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so as he's going quote-unquote mad, I don't yeah. know how mad he'll go. Let's see if, if you can much. make it through here, yeah, Sonic. Sonic. Get a a load of piss. (laughs) You had to ruin it. Yeah, well, mate, play Sonic Adventure and. He says get a load of this. Yeah, yeah, but it sounds like get a load of piss. No, trust me. When you play it again, you'll not hear anything but get a load of piss. I literally play that game at least once a year. Get a load of piss. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. No, get a load of piss. Uh, (laughs) I'm right. You're wrong. My name is Dr. Robotnik. I am the world's greatest scientist. Soon to be the world's greatest ruler. Isn't that from something different too? Yeah, I going to say when he does the broadcast before he fires the. And eclipse Then he gets kicked over by his own granddad. Yeah, what a fool? That's, a f- that's some time bendy shit for you. That is indeed. Uh, the sky has what appears to be three or four other planets around it. Like the all information, they say one could be a sun that is in eclipse. There's definitely an eclipse going on uh, with one of the planets. But there's a, a, looks like there's like different variations, and there might be other planets, there might be moons, mm. we don't know. But there is one that the one that's um, eclipsing the sun has a smaller one in front of it, which leads me to believe it could be little planet, or that, or it could just be that they stuck things to make it look more alien as possible. Yeah. Um, I would like to believe little planet is in here somewhere because little planet is cool. Uh, little planet is the uh, Sonic CD, uh, play, isn't it? yeah, Sonic CD. So. I would like to believe that's in there somewhere, but I could be wrong. Uh, And then there's the post-credits sequence, where Tails appears, scanning for Sonic, and goes, he's here, I found him. And then he flies off towards what I think is Green Hills, and that's that's all of it. Um, Now... The 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 pre to that towel section it's like there's a short part of the credits. They do this a lot now with animated, to, yeah, pretty cool, yeah. And, and to be fair, um, I put this on page one, but it's uh, it's actually more relevant here because it's also on the Blu-ray menu. <laughs> um, they they reused it and edited it for the Blu-ray menu. It's done like the uh, 19, I think I'm pretty certain it's done to resemble the 1990 preview of Sonic the Hedgehog one that's missing. Uh, the missing preview has things like signage in Green Hill Zone that isn't there in the final game uh, also Marble Zone has UFOs but they didn't reference that at all in uh, yeah so it's, it's weird mate um, but there's there's certain references like the signage and stuff that looks like it's referencing that missing Uh, 1990 Sonic the Hedgehog demo. So, uh, yeah, I'd be keen to see, you know, hear from anyone who's worked on it, whether that be the case. Uh, That's Marble Zone. Nice. I'll go through the deleted scenes, uh, but I'll be very brief on them, because A, they're not overly relevant to the story, but it's only because there's a couple of cool references in there. The first one that was cut is the alternate intro that they were going to use, which was Crazy Carl, uh, in his caravan, like he's got a caravan truck. What are they called when you've got a like, motorhome? Yeah, motorhome. Uh, he drives his motorhome. Whereas Americans call them, a Winnebago. Uh, Winnebago. I think that's just a brand though, Winnebago. Is it? Yeah. Winnebago. I, yeah I, it, they it's might a great call, word though. Yeah, I think they might call them all Winnebago's, but I know Winnebago is a brand of vehicle. RV. They call them RVs. RV, so that's the generic, that's isn't it, it. it? Small RV. Um, so he's. He drives this RV into the middle of the forest and starts setting up traps for Sonic, tries to capture him. Um, Sonic grabs and he laces them with batteries and Sonic grabs the batteries without getting caught. And then Crazy Car gets caught in his own trap. I like, oh, found you, Sonic! Uh, and that's the end of the scene. It's completely unnecessary. I'm glad they cut it. However, the one reference in there that is really cool is the number plate. His number plate is a reference to Crazy Taxi and there is no way it's not. Okay. His number plate is 1N0M155. Right. I know miss, which is the same number plate as Axel's car in Crazy Taxi. Now, that's too specific to not be a. Like, how do you. Uh, no one's putting I know miss on a number plate yeah. by accident. Like, yeah. clearly that's a Crazy Taxi reference. Um, the next cutscene is Super Observant Carl. Uh, basically Marsden is chilling in a bar, which is a sec- uh, uh, an actual location we never see in the finished film. Uh, he's chilling in the bar, and he's accosted by Crazy Carl. Uh, it's called Woody's Tavern. Now, that might just be the name of it with no reference, but two potential references. It could be two, one or two Sega games. There's Woody Pop, which is less likely, or it could be a reference to Wild Woody, which was a Sega CD game where you play as a pencil who erases enemies with his ass. Um, I'm not even making that up. You can look that up. Um, but yeah, it could be it that. Sounds but... like a porno film, doesn't it? What? Wild, he? Yeah, wait. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it was at, the, at peak attitude, like peak nineties yeah. attitude. Uh, so it's like annoying to play <laughs> because of it. Crazy Carl shows um Miles a picture of the Blue Devil. Mm. You're right. <laughs> shows him a picture of the Blue Devil. <laughs> and uh it's a drawing like a really crude crayon drawing of sonic but it's actually from a meme some, okay. Yeah, so it's based on a popular or unpopular or whatever you want to call it, meme of um, a, a child drawing Sonic in it looking terrible. Wow. I um, believe it's called Sanic. Yeah, yeah, Sanic. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting to know. And I thought Spider-Man No Way Home was the first time they'd ever put a meme back into a film. No, no, Sonic uh, did it first. Yeah, uh, they do it in, a, in the new Spider-Man, minor spoiler, sure. but you don't care, right? I don't care uh you know obviously this is one where it brings all the old spider-man villains back yes you know the famous green goblin meme where it's the you know i'm something of a scientist yes well, yes I uh, love that meme. willem defoe literally says that line in the film <laughs> and it, they know what they're doing because yeah. they clean they leave a they beat afterwards yeah for the whole uh, the whole audience when i was watching it we're like yeah. and i i laughed but part of me also went dear god what has the world come to when films create memes and then sequels to those films bring the memes back? Yeah, I, d- yeah, I'm, I don't mind it so long as it's used sparingly, but yeah. No, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> the next one is the most interesting one. It's, the, it's called Baby Sonic, and it's all Uh-oh. almost all of it is early CGI test renders, and mm. they look freaky as balls. There's no smooth animation, apart from on a couple of bits that they finished, but obviously didn't put in the film. This version of the intro... Uh Sonic it's like Sonic gets the flower, takes it to Longclaw, as happens in the film, and the Echidnas attack. However, in this version, Longclaw throws the ring and takes Sonic to Earth and stays there with him. Yeah. So no Echidnas come through, but Longclaw lives with Sonic on Earth. Until she gets old. Until she gets old and it, there's this uh and actually it's the one emotional element that would be quite nice to see back in the film, though I can understand that for time they cut it. Um because it, it may not be necessary Plus, um you never know because we don't see her die in the actual film version she could come back because you know what the rule is yeah, in this are. version she's definitely dead um but yeah so she raises him and then he says um while i was growing up you know she looked after me when i couldn't look after myself and then uh i then looked after her when she could no longer look after herself um he has a line in that. So with great power comes great boredom, which is a weird reference to Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it's not in the finished film, so we can't use it as a worst line. Uh, Sonic cares for Longclaw until she dies of old age. And then he has this one last line, which is, she was my only friend, which is a really cool line. And I was like, that's actually got quite a lot of weight to it. Considering he spends the rest of the film trying to find friends, um, you know, she's his only friend and she's now gone. Um, that would have been cool to keep in. But I, again, I fully understand why they cut it for time. Uh, bear in mind that all of that stuff is CGI exclusive. There's no actors and you know you don't actually have to reshoot per se. Yeah, you reanimate. just reanimate. Uh, so it was an easy thing to cut. Um, so then there's Tom and Sonic have a chat. Now this is the one I was saying where James Marsden is talking to literally nothing. <laughs> then you can tell because even though Sonic is animated into it, it's not a finished design it's this horrible monstrosity thing and you're like and it's not even like as finished as to what we saw in the trailers it's that same design but less yeah. so it looks even weirder <laughs> <laughs> and this weird, smooth thing sitting next to him ah, with big teeth. Um, but yeah, he, it basically goes from the point where he gets licked by the dog and he has a short conversation uh, so Sonic can explain his lightning powers. It's completely unnecessary. And for the most part, he doesn't know. So it's like, well, yeah, this scene is nonsense. It doesn't add to anything. Be gone. Yeah. Then there's a scene with Rachel and Wade. Rachel is the sister-in-law. I only know this because of the name of the scene. And Wade is the police officer, the dumb police officer friend. Um, the sister-in-law calls the police station in Green Hills to berate Tom for wrecking her car. So this is obviously meant to be like a post-credit sequence or something like that. Um, and Wade goes, you know, I know this might sound a bit improbable and a bit weird, but are you feeling like a connection here? And it's clear that those two are like from a bit more dialogue are going to start dating and might be interested in each other. Um, it doesn't work. It's a bit naff. So I'm glad they chopped it. Uh, and the last one is... Oh, no, 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 that is all of them. I had I was going to do notes on building Robotnik with Jim Carrey, but it was just kind of a bit standard. Um, so it was just a bog-standard documentary. I thought there'd be more behind it. So, yeah, that's all my notes. Uh, so, Jamie, what do you reckon on Worst Lines? We had a few... Um, Potentials... Reconnaissance is very bad. I think reconnaissance would be the one I'd go with. But the whole point is it's meant to be... I don't think that line's meant to be funny. I think it's meant to be showing that he's gone insane and he thinks that's funny, but it's not. So I don't know if that's actually a bad line so much as it's character development of Robotnik showing that he's going bonkers. Right, okay. Um, Any others that you might put in there then instead? Uh, you know what? I think it's the Olive Garden reference. Yeah. It's so ham-fisted. The only apps on my phone are the ones that came with it in the Olive Garden. Ah, because when you're there... your family. Yeah, because yeah, it's a shill line, basically, isn't it? It's shilling yeah. for when you're there, your family. Okay, cool. Oh, and um, I must have a bonus life as well. That's really bad. Guess I had a bonus life. You want the bonus life one in there? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I I'll agree with that uh just because it's too hand-fisted the bonus life yeah quote yeah sure awesome so last part then what were your thoughts on the film and would you recommend uh yeah yeah i'd recommend this it's it's definitely in the better uh if you imagine a Venn diagram of terrible video game films and not so bad video game films (laughs) what do you mean excellent video game films. this is definitely in the not so bad section um it does change a lot of stuff from the games but in all fairness it's not like sonic in the early games at least it's not like it had a hugely rich backstory anyway yeah uh jim carrey was not as bad as i feared he would be so that's a plus sonic is fine I am, until I saw the new trailer, I was quite looking forward to the new one. I'm hoping that the new trailer, like you said, is just edited together badly. Mm. In fact, there's one part in the trailer that I'm just hoping isn't in the film at all. Mm. Um, But we'll see. Um, I am looking forward to the sequel. I'm looking forward to having Tails and Knuckles in it. Um I think that Jeff Fowler the director yeah. um I think clearly cares about Sonic clearly takes it yeah. seriously. Yeah he's done a good job with this film I think they, they deserve props for redoing the design as well which is good. Yep. Um yeah it's it's not perfect but it's definitely it's suitable to watch with your whole family and it's it's definitely one of the better video game films. So you're recommending? Yeah, yeah, I'll recommend Sonic there, Jog. Uh, I'm going to agree and recommend. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember you messaged me a few nights ago before you'd rewatched it. And you said you are worried about watching it because you, you reckon it's going to be a bit like Free Guy. We both really enjoyed Free Guy the first time we watched it. And then when we watched it again, it was like we couldn't help but pull it apart because it yeah. was so paper thin. Um, now, there are elements that are wrong in Sonic when you rewatch it, like how his powers are a bit just whatever plot armoured. Um, but it, overall, it doesn't ruin the experience. And it's very clear as well, Free Guy is designed for an older audience, really, whereas this isn't though this does entertain an older audience more so than free guy would entertain an older audience weirdly enough with everything in mind i would recommend sonic the hedgehog um i think it's incredible fun all the references there's some really niche references in there which are cool if that's your sort of bag to go hunting with um but the the storyline is fun the acting is really good um jim carrey Mostly hits the mark straight on. James Marsden is a constant tour de force for me in this film, and Ben Schwartz's version of Sonic is fun. Um, I really enjoyed the lot, so yeah, I'd recommend it. That's a double plus! Yay! Ooh, they don't happen all that often. No, it's, yeah, I can't believe that it didn't age badly. Mm. Uh, It only came out two years ago. Yeah, but Free Guy aged in less time. True, true, true. It's it's what I meant. After watching Free Guy, and that being very heavy on references, I expected this to be the same as you did, but no. No, it's good. It's good. Um, So thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, Next next week, as I say, we're going to be doing that uh, amazing, awesome special film uh, with Master Chief. So please tune into that. Jamie has a new radio series that will be releasing will it be releasing weekly? Yeah, every yep. Sunday. Yeah, if you would give some PM. information about Haunted and where people can find it. So, uh Haunted the audio drama it is a serialized horror adventure series. It's kind of been pitched as Doctor Who meets the X-Files. We air on Spotify acast itunes amazon music audible um and you can take the rss feed from our website and put it in any of your podcast apps just search haunted the audio drama or impala films will come up we release new episodes every sunday at 6 p.m very good very good sir um yeah that's that's our show for this week i've been rory justin from Cyberpunk studios that's been jamie evans from impala films and uh, we will bid you adieu. That's German for i see you later. It's not German, it's French. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the German. Sorry, I'm referencing, we watched 2001 Maniacs a couple of weeks ago. And there's, right. uh, there's a line where one of the hillbillies goes, I bid you adieu. That's German for i see you later. Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah. that, that line. Uh, I, I thought you were going to reference, uh, what was it, Naked Gun. I bid you adieu. My thank you. But I'm quite satisfied with the do I have. don't know that one. Oh. oh, actually, it might be from Police Squad. Have you watched Police Squad? No. I will show you Police Squad sometime. It's very funny. Uh, anyway, goodbye. Thank you very much for joining in, and we will see you all next time. Game over, yeah!